0: Finalizing software install Begin initializing ANS 6.0 Multiverse Guard Nerds, the worlds of entertainment are colliding. All of nerdum is mashing into one place. Updating systems. Incursion impact imminent. You must stay ahead of pop culture. Fine-tuning listening experience. A battle world for nerd supremacy is upon us. Rolling rockabilly track. Gearing you up with the latest in horror, video games, movies, and TV now processing the most anticipated films and games of 2023 nerds this will be your finest hour welcome to the amazing nerd show
1: hey this is christian hey this is
0: damon
2: and this is the amazing nerd show all right, on this week's episode we're going to be discussing our most anticipated films of 2023 and we'll also be covering all the latest news in
1: nerdum. plus of course we got to break down this week's episode of aw dynamite Alright, so before we get started, we wanted to thank everyone who signed up to our
2: Patreon this past week. Uh, So far, we even have a couple of people signed up for our top tier. Uh, Shout out to Darth Dad and Jeremy. In the next couple of weeks, you'll have access to exclusive bonus episodes, only available to top tier subscribers. Also, moving forward, Jeremy and Darth Dad will both be listed as producers of the show from now on. Uh, And just a reminder to anyone who's interested in supporting the show, uh, if you sign up for the second or third tier, you'll be getting our new weekly podcast, The Best and the Worst of the Week. Uh, listen as we talk all the awesome and not so awesome things that happened in the past week in the world of Nerdum. Jeremy and Darth Dad don't forget to send your address over so I can send some show swag your way So one last reminder if you're interested in supporting the amazing nerd show and getting tons of exclusive content uh, Go ahead and find our patreon link in the show notes
1: Let's get into the news Every week we collect
2: the biggest headlines and rumors of Nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters We're mere podcasters with opinions
0: Warning, potential spoilers for upcoming shows and movies ahead. Check timestamps to avoid spoilers. You have been warned.
2: Alright, up first,
1: it looks like the MCU is developing a Strange Academy series starring everyone's favorite guy, Wong. This rumor coming in from the Cosmic Circus claims that Marvel Studios is working on a series for Disney Plus, following Wong as he teaches young magi at the Strange Academy from Marvel Comics. The school first appeared recently in 2020 in a self-named comic called Strange Academy Number One. Sources told Cosmic Circus that this series would be one to look out for, as it will have important tie-ins to Avengers Kang Dynasty. And after a um, multiverse of madness, we did see America Chavez beginning her training at Comertage. It would be kind of interesting to me though, if they use Strange Academy as a kind of like place filler for Avengers Academy, bringing some of our young Avengers together before our next big film. I mean, more Wong is never a bad thing in my book.
2: Um, it's a cool concept. I never read the comics, uh, so I don't really know like how the story went. Um, you've got to assume that American Chavez is definitely gonna be part of it though. As far as the Avengers Academy goes, I loved that series. Um, it was all part of the initiative, uh, and I would definitely not be opposed to you know seeing that take place on the screen at some point. Um, you know, that, that all happened after the events of Civil War in the comics. So they would have to kind of backtrack and maybe give us another event, you know, similar to what we had in the comics and similar to what we had in the beginning of the Civil War film with Scarlet Witch. Um, I mean, we do know that with the upcoming Thunderbolts, you know, film, the government in the MCU is getting more interested in, you know, kind of honing these superheroes, it seems like, um so maybe like part of that is Mm. starting to train them young uh it's a cool concept
1: you know i'm starting to think like and this is all based off of rumors you know if we get wiccan out of agatha i could totally see him showing up in this you know (laughs) school for magical Uh people uh to meet up with america chavez and and then based off whatever happens in the Marvels, I could easily see uh, Kamala joining up, you know, if if she needs teaching in some sort. So I, I just I that's why I'm starting to think like this would be like a meeting point for something. Yeah,
2: type. like almost like a crossover, you know, could take place. Um and yeah, yeah, in and Autos yeah. mm. you know, whatever happens, you could get like the champions or the young Avengers. Um yeah, that works too. So um, I would almost think, though, with all these different pieces that they're putting in place, it sounds like they've got something huge planned where I could see it being more of like a film than a series. Uh Um, But yeah, maybe that initial meeting takes place during this series and that just kind of spawns off into a film. Yeah, that works. But once again, didn't we just hear that they're supposed to be kind of (laughs) trimming the fats with all these different shows and everything? And like ever since that report came out... All we've heard is about, like, brand new, like, series in the works for the MCU. So it sounds like that report was Uh maybe BS. Uh, We'll see.
1: I like to think of it as, you know, they're going to take more time making things instead. (laughs) (laughs) Because if they're
2: following a tight schedule, there's only so much time that they possibly, you know, Uh have to, you know, get this story rolling. I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. All right, well, up next, we've got a case of headline deja vu. Uh It looks like the Fantastic Four is eyeing Adam Driver for the role of Reed Richards.
1: More fingers seem to point at Adam Driver's involvement in the MCU's Fantastic Four as the direct state from their sources that Driver is currently the top choice for Reed Richards. Last October, rumors began swirling across the internet after Drivers supposedly met with Marvel execs, with a lot of people thinking he was about to be casted as Dr. Doom. But who says the man can't play a hero? Fantastic Four is currently slated for February 14th, 2025.
2: Does this mean good old Ben Solo is going to find his good boy sweater again? (laughs) Who (laughs) knows? That's one of the most ridiculous... (laughs) Plot points in any Star Wars film. I just, uh-huh. I don't know why he had to go find like his softer side of Sears to like <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: fight evil. Uh, but whatever. Um, so I'm guessing the talks just got more serious. Maybe.
3: Uh, Because
2: like you said, October, we talked about this, right? Exactly. Everyone just kind of assumed Dr. Doom or we're just fan casting him as Dr. Doom, I think, because it was just like he was in talks with Marvel about the Fantastic Four film, I believe was the original headline. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man, he plays a great bad guy. So it it just feels right for him to play Doom. Um, But you know what? Like Reed is an eccentric guy and I can see, you know, Driver really diving into a character like that uh Mm -hmm. so i don't know it it
1: works for me i guess i can see him being that type of like putting the science first kind of character yeah where sue has to like kind of bring him down to earth just like the comics Mm -hmm.
2: it does feel like it's taking a real long time to cast this movie i know they changed directors a while back but i'm just surprised we haven't heard anything else casting wise although you did say this was slated for 2025 right yes So they've got time, I
1: guess. All right, moving on, it looks like Dungeons and Dragons will be getting a live action TV series soon. Seems like Hasbro is determined to make some money off live action Dungeons and Dragons properties as Deadline reports, um, Paramount Plus has greenlit a new series based on the Wizards of the Coast. The initial pilot was directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber who directed the Netflix film Red Notice and is known for a lot of his work on action comedies. Plus he's also working on a live action Voltron series apparently. While this series so far doesn't seem to be tied into the Honor Among Thieves film that's on its way, I wouldn't be surprised by Hasbro trying their hand at at a D and D C U.
2: Man, I want them to remake the old uh Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, you know, I'm an eighties kid, so like with the kids jumping on the roller coaster and somehow going to a different dimension where like Dungeons and Dragons are taking place and everything. They all get like their own like individual powers and there's a weird little
1: wizard guy who's like guiding their way. It was awesome shit, man. Yeah, I, I hear you. I just feel like that gets done so much nowadays. Like, Whatever. They're the originators. Come on. <laughs> I, I immediately start thinking of like the newer Jumanji's where they're transported into a game and stuff like that. There's no roller coaster in Jumanji.
2: What the hell are you talking about? It's not the same thing.
1: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them creating I guess Kevin characters. Hart is similar to
2: that little wizard dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. I love the, the cartoon in the 80s. So I... I I don't believe they've ever tried to like remake it at all. Um, you know, I was never, I'm not a huge like D and D guy. So, but Hasbro actually just released, uh, action figures based on that eighties cartoon. So they're definitely making a big, like D and D push right now. I mean, it makes sense with stranger things being so popular. And I'm sure a lot of, you know, people, you know, feeling nostalgic for Dungeons and Dragons. Not that it went anywhere. Um, why not you know milk that cash cow since they you know have the licensing rights to it all right for our final story it looks like eli roth is finally
1: working on his grindhouse spinoff Thanksgiving. After reports of Eli Roth not being able to film reshoots for the upcoming Borderlands film, Deadline discovered what Roth was actually busy with as he'll be working on a spin-off to 2007's Grindhouse double feature that showed off a small trailer for the horror film Thanksgiving. Like Machete before it, Thanksgiving is getting a full feature-length film set to begin shooting this March. Jeff Rendell, who wrote the bit for Grindhouse, is said to be on for this film as well, with Spyglass producing. So the Thanksgiving trailer is absolutely one of my favorite parts of those
2: Grindhouse films that Tarantino and Rodriguez did, um, what, over a decade ago? It was a long time ago, right, Christian? Yeah, it was a while. (laughs) Um, So I'm super excited for this. I'm just surprised it took so long, you know? There have Mm -hmm. been rumors for years that, you know, it was in the works. I mean, Roth himself has, you know, said in like numerous interviews that it's a project that he wants to get done. Um, it just feels like a shoe in I mean, I think he's just been so busy that you know he kept on, you know, maybe putting it off. Um, but if this is anything like the trailer, and that's what I want, I want it to be exactly like the trailer because the trailer, like once again, is amazing. Uh, but like, I want him to, you know you know, have the film be a total throwback and shot like it was shot in the early eighties. Um I think this is gonna be just a classic film for horror fans. So um but yeah no make this happen. Please there's just not enough movies about Thanksgiving in general. Yeah. That's true. I mean we don't have many like classic Thanksgiving films out there, right? I mean there's what like planes,
1: trains and automobiles, and that's pretty much it right exactly so here the charlie brown own... special right <laughs> i guess but this could be more iconic you know <laughs> sure <laughs> the charlie fucking brown <laughs> i mean maybe in
2: my book i mean don't get me wrong i love some charlie brown but yeah <laughs> i mean i literally watched the trailer every thanksgiving <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's a tradition for me. So yes, I agree with you 100 percent even though I think most people wouldn't. Alright Christian, somehow it's that time again. Let's go ahead and discuss our most anticipated films for the upcoming year. And now our feature presentation. All right, so once again, it looks like it's going to be another jam-packed year at the theater. Uh, A lot of that has to do with a lot of the films from last year being pushed back to this year, which was (laughs) an issue we had last year. Uh, Hopefully, that's not going to be the case again, though. With theaters operating seemingly at full capacity and people feeling more comfortable about going to the theaters, it feels like going to the movies is back in vogue, um, you know, as one of america's most favored pastimes so for those who are listening to the show for the first time or you know listening to this you know special edition of the show for the first time because we do this pretty much annually uh, yes we don't do this as a countdown really this is more of us just going through our most anticipated films in chronological order and dear lord there's a lot of that uh-huh. <laughs> i actually have to become an a-lister again at amc uh, uh-huh uh, <sighs> with that being said uh some of your most anticipated films might not make our list uh if you don't hear you know something that you're really looking forward to this year you know go ahead drop it in the comments you know on social media or even dm us because you know maybe it's a film that we end up checking out and talking about on the show because of your recommendation now megan is not on this list because it's already been released but it Uh is a film that i plan on trying to check out because it looks pretty fucking amazing Uh, And it's getting tons of great reviews. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a review for that soon, though. So what that means is up first, we have Infinity Pool.
3: Mr. James Foster, you'll have to come with us. Here, the punishment for any crime committed
1: is death. Wait. What would you say? But
3: for a significant sum. We'll build a double to send in for your execution.
1: Double. Oh. All right, Infinity Pool is directed by Brandon Cronenberg and stars Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. This will be coming out January 27th.
2: So the apple definitely did not fall far from the tree when it comes to the Cronenbergs. Uh, you know, Brandon's dad is one of my favorite directors, but after seeing Brandon's, uh, amazing film possessor, uh, I'm really looking forward to this film. Uh, you know, it's starring Mia Goth, who's, mm-hmm. you know, just like horror's it girl right now after Pearl and X, uh, just a, a fantastic performance in both those movies. And, you know, Alexander Skarsgård isn't half bad either, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, I mean, I was literally calling for him to get more roles last year, so.
2: Yeah, it it looks like that's happening, right? Uh, You know, and he was pretty damn good in Northmen so i re-watched that film uh recently and enjoyed it a little more than i did the first time i saw it so it even got an honorable mention for me on uh, my uh best uh films of you know 2022 list mm-hmm. so uh but yeah no i mean i have no idea what the hell's going on in this trailer um <laughs> it seems like a fish out of water story i know scars supposed to be some kind of author they're on vacation Yeah, and some shit goes down, right? It looks like they get involved in some strange cult or something. The trailer leaves you with a lot of like questions, but that's what I want from a trailer. So I don't know all the answers.
1: I'm intrigued. (laughs) You know, I'm
2: looking forward to this. Hopefully it gets a wide release. uh, And it's not something where, you know, you've got to travel like 20 miles to see. Uh Uh, But yeah, no, I mean, this looks amazing. All right. Up next, we have Knock at the Cabin. We're
3: not here to hurt you. But you have to stay here in the cabin with us. Families throughout history have been chosen to make this decision. Your family must choose to willingly sacrifice one of the three of you to prevent the apocalypse. We're not sacrificing anyone. For every no you give us, hundreds of thousands of people are going to
2: die. So Knock at the Cabin comes out February 3rd. It's directed by M. Night Shyamalan and stars David Batista.
1: Now, usually seeing M. Night Shyamalan's name makes me a little bit more nervous. I, I don't know. I just haven't had the best tracker record with him. Uh-huh. But I, I think for the first time in a while, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do, especially with uh, this cast. Uh, Batiste has been fantastic in films lately. and I really want to see him in this kind of horror, you know, villain role. Yeah,
2: I mean, I definitely have a love-hate relationship with M. Night. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, although I feel like he's kind of found his groove in the most recent years and he's kind of on a roll um like i enjoyed split and i enjoyed glass for the most part except for the ending and i'm also enjoying that uh series he has on uh apple tv uh i think servant uh you know i'm like a season behind but it's it's pretty good shit man uh so i mean it seems like he's You know, put his, like, village days behind him. (laughs) Knock on wood. Uh, It's interesting because, like, the first trailer made it feel like almost like a home invasion film. Uh, But obviously after the second trailer, it's much more. Uh, Basically, uh, a family's put in the impossible, you know, situation of having to choose, you know, one of their loved ones over the lives of many. So it's asking some seriously heavy, like, moral questions. Uh, I don't know about you. I just let the world burn, honestly. Yeah, I was going so- to say, you <laughs> say impossible choices. I say this is easy.
1: <laughs> Fuck all y'all. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it's
2: it's a really intriguing, like, idea. Um, I don't know. The trailer hooked me a lot more than what was the other movie that he did last year that we just refused to see with the uh, the beach, uh, with the kid from Hereditary. Oh, oh Was it... where
1: they're, they're aging or something. It's like old, right? Old,
2: right, right. And yes. I actually end up hearing like decent reviews on that. Mm. But I don't know. I just had no interest whatsoever, you know, in that. So, <laughs> I mean, a lot of, you know, M. Night's movies feel like extended episodes of The Twilight Zone, which uh-huh. don't get me wrong, like I love The Twilight Zone. But sometimes they just rely too much on that like ironic twist hopefully that's not the case here because from the trailer it feels like a really cool idea for a movie all right so up next we've got ant-man and the wasp quantumania
0: i can rewrite existence and shatter timelines You cannot trust him.
3: I don't care who this guy is.
1: I just lost so much. He can give us a second chance. Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania is directed by Peyton Reed and starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jonathan Majors, and Bill Murray. Uh, This will be coming out February 17th, 2023. This, once again, is another movie that sold me more with its second trailer.
2: But then, once again, the second trailer also felt like it showed me a little too much. Um, You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, the first trailer was fine and everything, but, like, the second trailer where we kind of find out exactly what is going on and what's the motor that's making, you know, the plot move, which is, you know, uh, Scott Lang's relationship with his daughter... uh, You know, I I, I don't know, like before the first trailer was very much like, oh, oops, you know, like almost like a honey, I shrunk the kids, you know, type Uh -uh. deal, you know, where, you know, the daughter invents something that she shouldn't have and they get sucked into the, you know, the quantum realm where here we're seeing Scott dealing with the fact that he's lost so much time with his daughter and maybe like regretting, you know, some choices that he's made because it does seem like Casey's making some of those you know, wrong choices that, you know, Scott made, uh, you know, early on in his life. You know, at least from
1: what I got from the trailer, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> no, but that there... makes sense. I didn't even think of it that way where he did go to prison when he was younger. Uh-huh. So she's following that. you
2: know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, everything with the quantum realm looks fantastic. Like visually, uh, we did get to see Modoc here. Um, a lot of people were freaked out when we got our initial first look at the character, you know, through some marketing that leaked out. Um, but, you know, this kind of set everyone's mind at ease. I mean, he does have that weird like robotic like faceplate. Um, but later on in the trailer, we do see him without it so he is definitely a giant head with little arms and little dangly <laughs> legs and it's been like confirmed 100% that it is um yellow jacket from the first film i don't know if you okay. remember but in loki they actually stumble upon yellow jacket's giant helmet uh, i believe in one of the like final episodes when that yeah. that weird like limbo um realm um, so i'm guessing this all ties you know together uh, you know, because the last time we saw him, he was getting sucked into the quantum realm. So apparently, that's what happened to him. I, f- you know? I forgot that's what happened yeah. in the first film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's been a uh, it's been a while.
2: You know, since I saw the first Ant Man movies. So, uh, so it's definitely a completely different origin story for Modoc. You know, compared to what you know what the character is in the comics. Uh, but that's fine. I'm totally I'm totally cool with it. Um, I mean, the character still looks outrageously insane. So. and if it you know ties together the story more then fine you know Mm. i'm still really curious to find out why a powerful being like king would need the help of scott lang um and i kind of hate that the trailer shows you right away that you know shit doesn't work out which obviously we you know, figured, but (laughs) But they show them like coming to some kind of deal and then them fighting right away. It's like, Mm. okay, well, and there's also like a million Scots. And I don't know, like, are those different variants of Scots or the, is it something with the time stream? Like what the hell is going on? He actually uses himself, you know, like all these different versions of himself. Like, uh, he uses the ants at one point in the trailer. Also Jonathan Major's just looks fantastic as Kang. Incredibly like comic book accurate, you know, when he's got the hel- helmet on and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the whole blue mask, you know, going uh, which I'm guessing is some kind of like protective shield of some sort. Uh, but yeah, there's also um, a moment uh, and this could just be people reading into things, but when they show uh, Chronopolis uh, it looks like the gears look very similar to Shang-Chi's rings or his bracelets, I guess, in the MCU, Uh I should say. Um, So I'm wondering if that's going to end up being some kind of tie in, you know, to, you know, Shang-Chi, because if you remember, they couldn't figure out the power source, right, for for Mm -hmm. the Ten Rings. I believe Bruce at the end of the film said that it was like a power source that, they've never seen before like its signal was something they've never seen before on earth I mean I'll give them a lot of credit it seems like they're definitely doing their due diligence and making sure like all these different you know stories and films tied together
1: um you know which I appreciate as a fan yeah, I mean this feels like the first big piece moving us to those next Avengers films and which is crazy to think that it's an Ant-Man film but mm-hmm. yeah I I I'm, I just don't know what is keeping Kang there. Like I feel like there has to be something, you know, trapping him within the quantum realm.
2: Yeah. And, you know, with Chronopolis, like that exists on all like in all time streams. Yeah. So you would think that that would be some kind of like access or gateway to, you know, wherever he wants to go. But apparently that doesn't seem to be the case. At least that's what I'm reading into this trailer. Um, (laughs) And maybe like Scott is somehow like his way out. Also, I said this with the first trailer, but I'm interested to see if they develop Kang and, you know, Scott's daughter's relationship. Um, You know, Mm. which is creepy because King is much older here, but we know that he eventually becomes Iron Lad, um, you know, and starts a relationship with her. And, like, the Iron Lad character is King wanting to, a younger Kang wanting to right all the wrongs of, you know, these other variant versions of himself. So, and that all plays out in the Young Avengers. So, I'm just... I'm just wondering if we're going to see, like, a hint of that storyline to come.
1: Hell, if we're even going to meet him here so they can build up to it, maybe, in Kang Dynasty. Maybe, maybe, I I don't know. That just feels like a lot to, like,
2: (laughs) buy it off in one movie, but, I mean, who knows? But regardless, this probably tops my list for most anticipated film of the year. Um, Hopefully it doesn't let me down, like, Thor, you know, Love and Thunder and... You know, multiverse of madness did last year.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's the one I'm most curious about, at least. All right, up next we have Cocaine Bear. Apex Predator.
3: Ah! High on cocaine. Thought ah! of his mind. Oh!
1: oh man, you fucked. For starters, the The CGI on this looks a little wonky, but beyond that, it looks like a fucking good time. (laughs) (laughs) No one gives a shit about your
2: CGI gripes. Uh It's a fucking bear on a cocaine binge, <laughs> wrecking havoc in a forest. What more could you ask for?
1: I don't, I don't know, man. This is insane. <laughs> uh,
2: it looks like there's drug dealers, maybe possibly looking for their stash. Uh, this is actually the final uh, performance of uh, Ray Liotta on film. Uh, who recently passed away? That's crazy. Away. To think. Yes. <laughs> what a way to go out! Um, I don't know, man. This just looks like insanity, and I'm here for it.
1: No, it definitely seems like something I'm just going to be dying laughing in the theater for the entirety of the, of the runtime.
2: Yeah, I mean, my one concern is it's, it's going to be like a like snakes on a plane situation, where like the concept's better than the movie itself. Um, I guess, but I don't know. From what we got in this trailer, it. it it looks very
1: promising, so. Yeah, just, just keep it simple. I hope they just kept it simple. It's yes. a bear running around fucking people. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> All right, so up
2: next, we've got Scream
1: 6. Scream 6 is directed by Matt Bettinelli uh, Open and Tyler Gillette, and starring Jenna Ortega and Hayden Panter along with Courtney Cox, of course. So Matt and Tyler actually directed
2: the last film, um, and I thought they did a pretty damn good job. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just recently watched it again. Uh, And you know what? I love the characters that they introduced, and I thought they really, like, breathed new life into the franchise. And I'm happy that, you know, we're following that core group here in this film. Um, The only returning character from the franchise, besides Kirby, which is like the one element that I enjoyed from part four uh, coming back, but the only other returning character from the original cast is uh, Gail. So Courtney Cox. Um, So it really does feel like, you know, we're in a new era for, you know, Scream. And I love, too, that, you know, we've taken the movie out of Woodsboro and, you know, brought it into New York. So just that teaser we got, you know, on the subway and everything like that. It just it felt so different and fresh that I'm really kind of interested to see, like, how a Scream movie plays out in the big city. It's Ghostface Takes Manhattan. So hopefully it's better than, you know, that chapter of Friday the 13th, though. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a fun movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever, (laughs) dude.
3: It's got some
2: good moments. But no, (laughs) no, 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 no. Also, something I'm hoping for is for the film to actually take place during Halloween, because it it definitely seems like in the teaser, that's what's going on, right? Because you've got everyone dressed up in costumes and stuff. So I'm assuming it's Halloween. Well, I just assumed it was New York. You know, that's just the people. (laughs) sure I'm kidding I'm kidding like we don't have any weirdos in Chicago Christian Um, Ah. (laughs) (laughs) but I mean it's a fun concept to play with when you're dealing with a whodunit story right Mm-hmm. to have all these, like, you know, people in masks around you. That really could be a fun wrinkle for them to, like, play with here.
1: Yeah, and then I'm also interested to see, like, what the evolution of uh, Billy's daughter is going to be like in this in this franchise. Where they are they, they going to go with this? Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hints that she might
2: be the killer, uh, but I'm seeing her more as, like, the Tommy Jarvis of this series. I'm guessing this is kind of like her, uh, you know, Uh, you know Friday the 13th part 5 where she's getting kind of like her mental health issues under control again although it did seem like she enjoyed killing her boyfriend a little too much last film but we'll see I could also see Jenna Ortega having a bigger role in this film uh, especially with like how her career's really taken off over the last year Mm -hmm. Um, although I'm guessing the movie's been in the canon for a while now so I I could see them though like you know Through some editing, you know, making sure, you know, she gets her time to shine. I mean, if not this one, definitely the next one.
3: (laughs) If she survives.
2: So me and Christian just made a game time decision. Uh, Next on the list was actually Shazam! Fury of the Gods, uh, which is slated to come out March 17th. But we both discussed it and we're not too excited for this movie
1: anymore. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, at, at this point, it's... (laughs) yeah you know. <laughs>
2: with the best that dc is right now i mean uh-huh does does this even matter <laughs> i know really i'll be honest does. like i've only caught bits and pieces of the first movie so I, I think you said you enjoyed it but
1: yeah it took me by surprise um the kind of direction it took but now this seems just pointless
2: <laughs> all right so pass
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, but up next, we have John Wick, Chapter 4. Please
3: pray for me. I was the black sheep of the family.
1: Man has to look his best
3: when it's time to get married. Or buried. I'm going to need a gun. Goodbye my friend It's hard to die.
2: So John Wick Chapter 4 Is directed by Chad Stahelski And stars Keanu Reeves
1: Donnie Yen And Bill Skarsgård And the film will be In theaters everywhere March 24th These these films have all been Just what I want Out of an action film You know just Solid camera work Hard hitting you know, you know fights That's all I really ask for In any type of action movie So I mean There's a reason why These have been so successful So far up next you're gonna have fucking what john wick versus ip man so of course this is going to be a big one (laughs) it really does feel like you know one of the
2: concepts of the franchise is to always outdo itself from you know one movie to the next uh and so far so good because the third one was completely balls to the walls uh i expect nothing less here Bill Skarsgård is a tremendous actor, so I'm excited that he's playing, like, the main villain, at least seemingly so. And I can't wait to see how, like, Wick's war on the high table plays out. Because I don't know about you, but I kind of figure that the series ends with Wick, you know, sitting at the high table at the end.
1: You know, they refuse to let him out and he just has to kill all of yes, them. Yes, and, and become takes the over. The only, <laughs> <laughs> only member. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's he's <sighs> at least taking the ball out, but I don't mm. know. I kind of want to see him, like you know, taking over, or even like you know, putting like Ian McShane's character and
1: Lawrence Fishburne's character in charge. Just as long as we're not getting to a point where John Wick is in space, I'm, oh, go- I'm all you know? for that, man. Remember machete? <laughs>
2: remember machete in space? Come on. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, up next, we've got Renfield. Bringing innocent victims.
3: A handful of nuns, a busload of cheerleaders,
1: and I just want to normal life again. Renfield is directed by Chris McKay and stars Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Holt. This is coming out April 14th. So this is only on the list because of May right, Christian? You have
2: no interest in this? I- <laughs>
1: I thought the trailer looked good. Okay. I thought it looked funny. Because okay.
2: you cringed a little when I mentioned it before. So.
1: <laughs>
2: I just can't wait to see what Nicholas Cage does as Dracula. Uh, uh-huh. I'm guessing this movie is gonna just, you know, be batshit crazy, no pun intended. Um, but and Nicholas Holt is a pretty awesome actor and seen him as Renfield and just I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but definitely not what we got in this trailer. Uh but it looked really promising. So I don't know, I just kind of fell in love with the idea of nicholas Cage playing Dracula. Uh and I mean, so far from the trailer this looks pretty fucking awesome.
1: Uh No, it's definitely got your name written yes, all over it. Yes.
2: Just... <laughs> I'm guessing this is really just a glorified relationship comedy. Uh, You know, Mm. just kind of dealing with codependency and everything like that uh, as Renfield tries to, like, break free from, like, Dracula's grasp and how Dracula just won't let him go. Um, So I don't know. I I feel like this is like almost like a dark horse contender for, like, one of my favorite films of the year. You know, (laughs) fingers crossed. All right. Next, we've got Evil Dead Rise.
3: Mommy's with the maggots now. Ruby, Ruby.
1: Evil Dead Rise is directed by Lee Cronin and starring Alyssa Sutherland and Lily Sullivan. Uh, this comes out April 21st, 2023. Holy
2: shit, Christian, this looks intense. Mommy sleeps with the maggots now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've got cheese graters, we've got chainsaws, this is gonna be blood-soaked fun, uh, and I I don't know, man. I know I said Ant-Man and uh, The Wasp was, you know, maybe my top most anticipated film of the year, but I think I spoke too yeah. soon. Uh <laughs> <laughs> What I love about this is just like uh, Scream, they're moving the story to the city, Um, even though I will say, you know, the film does feel just as isolated as, you Mm -hmm. know, the previous Evil Dead films, there just feels like there's a lot of potential for even more chaos to really ensue um, now. But from the trailer, it looks like we're dealing with, you know, a mom possessed by the Necronomicon. And a family having to deal with it um you know whenever there's young children involved which is something that we haven't seen in an evil dead film before i mean the stakes are just raised um yeah so i don't know man (laughs) it it definitely looks like the shit's gonna hit the fan
1: like to think that there was still this much blood in this trailer and there's two kids running around this same house is Was was this even the red band trailer um, I watched the Red Band trailer. Okay,
2: okay. So this was the Red Band trailer. <laughs> yes. Because it was pretty I don't graphic. Think you can get away yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah, there was, like, people swallowing glass or something. I don't know uh-huh. what the fuck was going on. It's like
1: poking through the skin. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes.
2: Um, now, my one concern is, even though I did enjoy uh, Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead, I hope that they're able to kind of, like, recapture the charm of the first two movies. Because um, that's the one element that was really missing for me with, you know, the remake. I mean, once again, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are on board as producers. And it definitely, mm-hmm. you could definitely see, like, Ra- Raimi's, like, signature style here, or at least echoes of it. Um, I'm just hoping somehow it'll feel more like a kinder spirit to, you know, the first three films. Like, don't get me wrong, I love, you know, Brutality for Brutality's sake, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if it's going to honor, you know, that Evil Dead legacy, it really needs to have more of uh, Raimi's like signature style attached. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like I want the director to do his own thing, but mm-hmm. like this is an Evil Dead film. So there, there is that like, you know, promise
1: of premise once again. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean did you did you feel like this trailer took that kind of more serious vibe like the last one did i think is that what you're getting yeah
2: a little a little um but i mean they're not showing us everything which i appreciate Uh once again so and like i said whenever there's kids involved i feel like the the movie just becomes a little more serious in tone not that i can't still have a good time regardless (laughs) i am a horror movie fan but but I don't know, I guess for me, for the movie to truly be successful, it needs to have that, you know, uh, that zaniness that, you know, we've come to expect from a, a Sam Raimi film. I don't know, I guess I just really miss that, like, signature, like, Sam Raimi, like, zaniness uh, with the last film.
1: Hmm. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see something like Army of Darkness like again in cinema. But... Well, I disagree with that.
2: But I, I don't even need Army of Darkness. I just need Evil Dead Two.
1: You know, uh-uh. so
2: something along you know those lines would be fine with me. But at the same time, I'm like talking out of both sides of my mouth because my favorite of the series is the original film, So <laughs> and that is a little <laughs> more serious in tone. So I don't know. Whatever. This looks amazing. I'm definitely you know will be first in line in the theaters to see it.
1: But okay, moving on, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3.
2: Don't forget. Where are we came from?
3: We have been running our whole lives. Pete, I'm done running. Uh-
2: so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is directed by James Gunn and its stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Zeldana, Bradley Cooper, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillian.
1: Oh man, the big goodbye to James Gunn in the MCU, right? Yeah. I mean, this
2: movie definitely looks like it's going to be emotional. Um, we already mm-hmm. know that this is going to be the last time Bautista plays Drax, so um, I'm expecting a lot of like heartache at the end of this film um yes. i'm definitely concerned for rocket after this trailer um we're going to be seeing his origin story play out which looks like they're going the comic book route and having it tied to high evolutionary we also know that adam warlock is going to be part of the film uh, and he's gonna be played by will poulter i don't know like i i can't imagine this being like a true swan song for the group as a whole um because Guardians has been so successful. Um, Like, I Mm -hmm. expect to see these characters in the MCU in some shape or form. Um, But like you said, this is going to be the last, you know, James Gunn Helms film. Uh, And, you know, this this team has really been his baby, you know, these films. So it's going to be hard to see someone take over eventually, which I do feel like is going to eventually happen. But who knows? I'm also wondering, like, if this movie is going to be more of a self-contained story or if it's going to have, like, bigger implications to, you know, the Marvel Universe and, you know, and the ongoing, like, multiverse, you know, saga that seems to be happening right now.
1: Mm -hmm. I feel like for the most part, this one's going to be self-contained and maybe a little bit of, like, Warlock or something. We'll see characters go into the, you know, next films. But I can't imagine, like, this being, like, heavy on, like, multiverse incursions and shit like that. I mean, honestly, I assumed that
2: the movie was going to be more of, you know, Peter's search for Gamora. Um, But from what we saw in the trailer, Gamora seems to be with the team. (laughs) And who knows, like, Maybe those are moments from later on in the film, but that doesn't seem to be really the
1: plot of this movie, at least from what I got from. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be just like, you know, getting the family together and then whatever happens with Rocket. Yeah, but I'm guessing that that probably takes place in like the first act or so.
2: And maybe Uh it becomes a story about like Gamora accepting this like new strange family, because this is a very different Gamora than what we had in the other you mm-hmm. know, Guardians films. So she doesn't know any of these characters except for her sister. But anyway, I'm guessing this is gonna be James Gunn doing what he does best, which is, you know, made us fall in love with these characters or reminding us why we've fallen in love with these characters and then, you know, probably breaking our heart, you know, along the way.
1: It's definitely not a team I thought I would be, you know, so invested in at this point, you know? No, I agree. But I guess this is probably gonna be James Gunn doing what James Gunn, you know, does best, which
2: is, you know, give us characters that we love and, you know, breaking our hearts and providing some laughs along the way also. So should be a good time, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) If you say so, David. (laughs) I'm just not emotionally prepared for this movie, I guess. Uh (laughs) Anyway, moving on. uh, Up next, we've got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse.
0: And what I worry about most.
3: I love you most
0: is
1: they won't look out for you like us. Miles! Want to get out of here? Wherever you go from here, you have to promise to take care of that little boy for me. Make sure he never forgets where he came from.
3: And he never doubts that he is loved. And he never lets anyone Tell him that he doesn't belong there.
1: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is directed by Joaquim Dos Santos and stars Shamik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, and Oscar Isaac. And this comes out June 2nd, 2023. So, man, these teasers, like, we've gotten two of them so far, and they really haven't given us shit about the story, right? No. Someone's, a kid is dead, and Oscar Isaac's mad. And, well, baby, we're, uh,
2: that was us reading it. <laughs> I can't be. That's... <laughs> That was just from him, like, looking at a picture of his kid. We're implying that.
1: My speculation is always (laughs) correct, Damon.
2: I don't think that's in the official synopsis, Christian. But yeah, it looks like for some reason, uh, Oscar Isaac is playing Spider-Man 2099 and he's hunting Miles Um, through different dimensions. uh, We see there is a giant gathering of spider people, we're getting introduced to Jessica Drew's character for the first time. Um, Spider-Punk's also supposed to be in the film with a litany of other, you know, variants of Spider-Man. It it looks pretty like balls to the wall insane, but so far all we've seen is like, just Miles being chased, really. (laughs)
1: Which makes me think that there's going to be some big moment early on in the film. Yeah, no,
2: I agree. Because I mean, from what we saw in that original trailer, uh, we see, uh, you know, Spider Woman. I believe she's Spider Woman here, right? She's not Ghost Spider. Correct? Um, No. no. Spider Woman comes and visits Miles uh, in his dimension to his surprise. Uh, But it looks like she probably has some kind of mission for him for some reason. So I'm really looking forward to this. And we know this is a two-parter too, right? Like the next film is supposed to come out uh, the following year. So, and this was originally supposed to come out last October, but got pushed back. But yeah, I mean, here's to hoping that they're able to like, you know, capture the magic of the first film.
1: Well, up next we have The Flash. You can go anywhere you want, right? Any timeline,
3: any universe. I didn't want to stay. It's like to save this one.
2: So The Flash is directed by Andy Muschietti and stars Ezra Miller, Ben Affleck, and Michael Keaton, we think. There's, <laughs> yes, it's definitely a There's big a lot of there. rumors swirling around about this movie. <laughs> like, I can't believe it's even starring Ezra Miller still. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, this is, man, like last year like when this was on the slate because this got pushed back also this was probably one of the films i was most excited about um that's probably not the case anymore um just knowing the direction that you know dc's headed in i don't know exactly how this really fits um i'm still wondering if they're going to use this as kind of like a way to jumpstart the new like dc universe since you know there is a multi-universe um factor involved here where just like in the flashpoint comic storyline we see the events of this film like start a brand new universe for dc and that's Mm kind of what i thought was going to happen before everything went down with like dc Behind the scenes, because, um, you know, we knew that the films didn't feel like they were tethered together as much as before, uh, like, you know, under Snyder. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit when it comes to any, you know, story about the multiverse. Um, I mean, we've got two Batmans here, right? We're, we're getting uh-huh. you know Tim Burton's you know version of the character and you know Zach Snyder's version of the character. I mean, fingers crossed, we do get to see Michael Keaton under the cowl again, unless you know he's been edited out of this movie. Uh, but he was supposed to be a big part of the film, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean. This might just operate as kind of like a standalone tale. And it is what it is.
1: I, but at this point, we've been talking about it for oh so God. long. I just want to see what yes, it is. Exactly. You know?
2: And <laughs> for them to like weather the fucking shitstorm that Ezra has like brought upon them. Mm-hmm. They must have like serious high hopes for this movie. Because um, I can't imagine someone walking around with that amount of bad press. And any studio still, like, you know, backing them and, you know, having them feature in, like, such a huge film. And I know, like, most of this film was already, like, in the can at the time. But that's
1: a ballsy fucking move. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh things being in the can doesn't matter for dc they they got rid of an entire yeah. film although that <laughs> that
2: film was a cost a lot less than this film yes most this likely. no yeah. not most likely it did <laughs> we're talking like hundreds of millions of dollars here so um but i guess what i'm trying to say is my feelings about this film are complicated
1: <laughs> cuz it really feels
2: like they're in just a i don't know like a lame duck situation um mm so i'm hoping this movie feels like it matters at the end of the day even though it feels like it probably doesn't um which is unfortunate and i mean this is from someone who's excited for you know james gunn you know now being the head of you know dc studios but like you said i mean we couldn't wait for this movie a couple years ago
1: oh well, yeah the fate of the dc universe yeah. was on the balance here
2: and that still might be the case right Um, so, all right. (laughs) All right, moving on. We've got Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
3: I miss the desert.
1: I miss the sea. And I miss waking
3: up every morning. Wondering what wonderful adventure the new day will bring to us. Those days have
1: come and gone. Perhaps. Perhaps not. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is directed by James Mangold and starring Harrison Ford alongside Mads Mikkelsen. Coming out June 30th. Now while there was definitely some funkiness with this trailer, I am excited to see someone else. You know, in control of a Indiana Jones film. I, you know, I didn't really put it in my mind that this wasn't going to be done by Steven Spielberg. This is actually a different direction for a change, but it is also a very much older Harrison Ford. So I I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, but I'm still interested, at least. So by (laughs) funkiness, you mean the CGI?
2: oh yeah, yeah. I, oh I, yeah I, I was like oh christian's
1: gonna mention the cgi
2: first i know it so <laughs> immediately of course yeah i mean at one point i was like who the hell's riding that horse because it definitely isn't harrison ford <laughs> like it looked like a person wearing a harrison ford mask honestly like i was like why would you put that up be... front of your trailer
1: uh-huh i mean it, it looked like they put a green screen dummy on top yes. of a horse and and then maybe <laughs> animated it
2: Uh, James Badgold is a fantastic director, so I feel like, you know, the franchise is in good hands. Um, Mm -hmm. This movie, time-wise, seems like it's jumping all over the place. So I'm wondering if they're going to be really, like, doubling down on, like, their de-aging technology here. And we're going to see a lot of, like, younger Indiana Jones. Um, I hope that they don't get into the situation that they did with that um, Martin Scorsese movie. What the hell was it called? Um, the Netflix, oh, yeah, one. the
1: Irishmen. I forgot because you about remember, that movie.
2: like, yeah, they de aged them, but they couldn't, like, de age their physicality, so they still uh-huh. moved around like 70 <laughs> year old men, even though they were supposed to be in their 30s. Uh huh. Um, now, with that being said, I move around like a 70 year old man, and I'm in my 40s, so I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel like they're gonna go the the like Luke Skywalker route, right? Like they just have his face and they put yeah, it on a younger masking thing, you know, model. Right? Yeah,
2: um, yeah. I, I have no idea what the story is about. Like I said, it jumps all over the place time wise, seemingly in the trailer. Um, but it looks action-packed. I mean, we do see Harrison riding a horse, you know, in the middle of New York City. I mean, as long as we get Indiana Jones punching Nazis, I'm sold. So
1: you don't want to see him sliding on a motorcycle through a library for like 30 seconds? Well, that's okay
2: too, as long as he's on his way to punch some Nazis.
1: (laughs) Fair, fair enough. And now a quick word from our sponsor Manscaped. Hey you, got bush? Well, you definitely do if you haven't
2: tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're gonna be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you'll have the best-kept nutsack on the cul-de-sac, so save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code 20NerdShow for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com.
1: Listeners, you know I don't got bush because Manscaped helps keep my rocket raccoon high and tight. Whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just in need of a safe trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game.
2: Listeners, the grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. That's because inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to its ceramic blades and advanced skin safe
1: technology no need for night vision goggles this trimmer has a led light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark it's basic landscaping when you trim the hedges the tree stands taller the second best tool in the performance package is the weed whacker this fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure your nasty nose pubes are under control instantly add some
2: pep to your step with the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver spray-on testy toner with a performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, a shed travel bag and the patterned High Performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. They have a bunch of other
1: products on their website to help you maximize your confidence and grooming game. So listeners get 20% off plus free shipping with our code 20NerdShow at Manscaped.com. Kate Bush may be trending at the moment, but your bush needs some help. That's right, so make sure
2: you're running up that hill and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using our code 20NerdShow. It's time to level up your grooming game with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped.
1: Well, okay, up next we have Insidious Five.
2: So Insidious Five comes out July 7th and it's directed by Patrick Wilson and stars Patrick Wilson. So Christian, there is not a trailer yet Uh, For this film, Uh, but we do have a synopsis, which apparently I guess we're back with the Lambert family, uh, who we haven't seen for two films now, right? Because
1: three and four did not have the Lamberts in it. Nope. And they were terrible. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've watched part five yet.
1: Don't. Which I own.
2: (laughs) for some reason, because I'm a completionist and oh, I damn just- damn it, David. <laughs>
3: that's
0: who I am, Christian, leave me alone. I know.
2: I need physical media. But anyway, um, the Lamberts are dropping their son, Dalton off to college, uh, which is crazy to think the movie came out that long ago, uh-huh. right? That this kid is college <laughs> age now. Uh, but Dalton, their son, discovers that his past demons haven't entirely left him. So I love the first two films. Um, I'm hoping this is like a return to form for them, because uh, I do feel like there's a lot of meat on the bone for this series and this kind of like weird ghost universe that they created. I really love the concept of the further, uh, and I feel like there's a lot more they can explore.
1: Well, exactly. There. And with the right script, I feel like you could tell hundreds of stories with that type of you know environment that they created. But... I'm getting, you know, the premise gives me a little bit of three vibes where we're, you know, following now his son in a different place. Like, I feel like with Patrick Wilson behind the camera, maybe he doesn't want to be on screen too much. These are just my own. Are you just, know, just assuming that he's not going to be part of the uh, movie? I'm assuming just because that sounds like, okay, we're going to follow the son for sure more than we did yeah, previously. Yeah, I could see Dad rushing back to the college, though. Shit's uh-huh. going down. Or do we get the return of the medium? We can, but I'm, I'm good without her. <laughs>
2: last she was, was so fine bad. they were just shitty movies man yeah, it was it was a
1: shitty movies <laughs> but it's still Leigh Winnell writing it
2: well and Leigh Winnell is actually he's one of the ghost hunters along with her uh-huh. right? so I don't know I'm fine with them <laughs> they were fun but yeah no, I'm looking forward to this movie but maybe I'm not glutton for punishment right <laughs> I mean here's to hoping Patrick Wilson is just as talented as you know, a director as he is an actor, though. So our next most anticipated film
1: of the year is The Marvels. The Marvels is directed by Naya DaCosta, and it will be starring Brie Larson, Tiana Paris, and Iman Vellani. So
2: I've got high hopes for this, um, but I have no clue what this story is gonna be about, Uh, especially with the way Miss Marvel ended. Kamala and Carol switching places. I'm assuming that they're showing that their powers are somehow like tied together. Um,
1: but I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be another, like, there's a veil of some secret society in, in some type of other dimension that we haven't seen. Uh, more, more of that at play here <laughs> as we continue with these, uh, kind of weird incursion things. Sure. I mean,
2: as long as she's not going up against those Jin people that uh-huh. she dealt with <laughs> in the Ms. Marvel series, <laughs> because those were probably amongst the worst like villains ever in the MCU.
1: Well, they're all dead now, so.
2: <laughs> that, is, that is correct, at least. <laughs> at least we hope they are. Now, I do believe uh, the Kree, once again, is involved, which only makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, we know that, you know, we're going to see Kamala and Carol team up. And we do know that Monica Rambeau is, you know, also part of the film. So um, it'll be cool to see, like, the chemistry these characters all have together on screen. Because even though i thought miss marvel was a bit of a mixed bag at times um i really did enjoy amon villani you know as that character so um and i feel like you know that character is going to be like one of the main focuses in the mcu's future so
1: um this is probably the start of that yeah she's definitely gonna either be leading the champions or young avengers oh well or hawkeye will be or
2: maybe she shows up in the X-Men, because we do know that mm-hmm. she's probably a mutant in this universe, which I'm not quite sure how I feel about, so.
1: <laughs> I'm just waiting to see, you know, Charles Xavier die for like the millionth time on screen. I guess he did
2: die in Logan and X-Men 3, right? And Days of Future Past. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of <laughs> like his deal. What what the fuck do these people have against Professor X? Jesus. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know what? The more I think about it, like Miss Marvel could actually be a good fit for the X Men. Like she could really fill in that like Kitty Pride role if they wanted her to. Um, but I also just want to see Kitty Pride. Yeah, so. i was about to say you don't <laughs> want to waste that character. Though. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Although Miss Marvel does have a fun relationship with Wolverine in the comics, so it, it'd be kind of cool to see that play out on the big screen. And we don't know whether or not this comes out before or after Secret Invasion.
1: No, so not yet, at
2: least. I'm wondering like how exactly this like plays into that storyline.
1: Because Nick Fury is supposedly in this movie, so...
2: Yeah, yeah, he is. And I'm guessing we're going to probably see Scrolls again also. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. All right, but the next film is Blue Beetle. So Blue Beetle opens August 18th and is directed by Angel Manuel Soto and stars, please forgive me because I'm not going to be able to pronounce this name, Zolo or Solo Manduana
1: and Susan Saran. Now, still very little is known about this film. Uh, There was rumors that Michael Keaton was going to be a part of it. Was Uh, there? This movie, too? yeah he was he was rumored to be like having a, some type of appearance in it i think uh george lopez brought it up oh okay okay either it was gonna be him or uh, ben affleck i don't know if they're gonna like they were trying to like shoehorn them in yeah
2: i remember that like lopez in like an interview just like offhandedly said like i think batman's in our movie or something like that <laughs> so who knows now the star of this movie is actually from the cobra kai series correct Yes. So, I mean, this is really like happenstance because of the schedule and everything uh, and everything that's gone down recently with, you know, DC. But this is kind of a crazy time to be introducing a brand new character into the DC
3: universe. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, Jamie Reyes is a relatively new character. Uh, I believe he debuted in the 52 event series uh, that DC did a while back. Um, I think it was a little over a decade ago. Uh, yeah. But he took over the mantle of the Blue Beetle after Ted Cord was killed. Um, he's back from the dead now, of course, because, okay. you know, it's comics. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but ever since then, like, he's been featured pretty, like, heavy in, you know, other DC properties. Like, I think he's part of the Titans uh, uh, series. And, you know, he's been in, like, I think he, oh, he was also part of, uh, the batman the brave and the bold uh cartoon oh okay back in the day too (laughs) i just don't know how he's going to play into what james gunn wants to do with the dc universe like hopefully there's a way they that they could like edit the film where you know they could kind of like shoehorn this movie into like that new continuity Mm -hmm. if you will
1: Because I can see Gunn playing well with a Blue Beetle character. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that would be easy in his universe.
2: It just doesn't, you know, it's not his films. And is he going to try to include it into, like, his roadmap for DC? Um, Because he's supposed to be, you know, divulging, you know, what some of that looks like in the near future. Like, because Blue Beetle technically could serve as, like, the first movie of, like, you know, the James Gunn DC Studios.
1: Uh, Perhaps, but hopefully we see a trailer soon for this, because we've barely seen anything. All right, well, I guess next on our list is The Exorcist. Uh, It's going to be directed by David Gordon Green and starring Leslie Odom Jr., Ellen Burstein, and Anne Dowd. All right, so let's be real here. I'm not
2: actually looking forward to this movie at all, but we're probably still going to go see it. Um, I mean, I hate the idea of an Exorcist remake, and I... I'm someone who doesn't like have an issue with remakes, but I feel like *Exorcist* is kind of like one of those holy grail movies that you just don't fuck with. Um,
1: but it's they, David Gordon Green, so shut you're your really looking for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and especially after what David Gordon Green gave us with *Halloween Kills*, uh-huh. uh, I'm terrified for what this film is going to end up like. Uh, but. You know, I'm a glutton for punishment once again, so we'll be checking this out, but yeah, I don't have high hopes. How about you, Christian?
1: Bazoozu evil dies tonight. Oh right? lord. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I was shocked to hear that the Exorcist was being remade at this point. Um and let alone by David Gordon Green <laughs> after everything we've seen. Yeah. Um well, I, I mean this if he one. puts effort in, maybe you know with those first two films, I mean you I mean, at least <laughs> saw some you know passion there he he had an idea and he uh-huh. he definitely
2: you know executed that idea, but did that idea work? no, I mean, no. do you think instead of following Pazuzu they swerve us, and it's gonna be another <laughs> demon. Is that what's going to happen here? (laughs) Is that his thing now? So my guess is the studio probably signed him for this film after Halloween 2018. Uh uh, And way before, you know, they saw Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. uh, Because, yeah, this choice just doesn't make much sense for me. Uh, But I don't know. So, yeah, I guess this is supposed to be a follow up, a direct follow up to the original film which is the thing right now that we're doing in horror. Uh-huh. You know, it's all about requels. And somehow they got Ellen Bernstein to reprise her role as uh, Reagan's mom. I'm actually surprised that they didn't bring Linda Blair back. Because I feel like that would make more sense for the story. But, mm-hmm. but I guess one synopsis I did read was that Leslie Odom's child is the one who's possessed. So they're kind of like leaning on parallels
1: between you know reagan's mom and you know him sure but you would think reagan would want to like stop this from happening to anyone else but you, who knows she might be like living in, in europe or
2: something who knows
1: <laughs> i mean this is
2: she's she's in her 50s at this point so. uh-huh. <laughs> she's got her own shit going on i don't know uh, right. she's not a ghostbuster <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she is that'd be cool yeah, she works at the vatican now like They could have her play in a medium like uh, What's-Her-Name from Insidious. I guess, yeah. I just wrote about a movie for David Gordon Green. (laughs) He
1: will take his paycheck. Ellen
2: Bernstein has to be in her
1: 90s at this point.
2: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, she's a great actress, so I'm sure she's going to nail it, but I hope that it's more than just a glorified cameo. Honestly, maybe it's better that it's a glorified cameo. Who knows? We.
1: (laughs) Man, I'm not looking. Up next, we have Saw 10, coming out October 27th. Christian, this is all yours, man. I mean, we're back at it again. Tobin Bell's come back from the dead. Uh, also, his apprentice uh, will be in this film. I don't know how, you know, if they're going to do flashbacks, if this is going to be like, you know, what was it? I think four or five did, like, the they showed uh, Tobin Bell's character... They show Jigsaw doing a killing, and it turned out to be in the past the entire time. And while the cops were figuring it out, and later in the future, <laughs> there's, there's, I guess many paths they could take, but I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I'm, I'm excited because I like Saw. You know, it's, it's always dumb fun. Uh, if, as long as you stick to the, the basics, you know, it's a murder mystery, while also, you know, Jigsaw's out there killing someone.
2: Yeah, um, I'm hoping this is just a remake, but I doubt that's going to be the case. So uh-huh. I'm guessing this is some kind of like in-between quill or something, right? Um, man, I don't know. Like, I'm happy that Tobin Bell's back because the series has definitely like missed him. And I love Amanda, you know, uh, mm-hmm. who is also returning. So I don't know, man, just reboot the fucking franchise already. <laughs> Seriously. And you could totally bring back Tobin Bell as Jigsaw. And I've said this a million times at this point, but the worst decision they made was killing off Jigsaw. Was that part four that they did that? It was three.
1: It was three. That's when he dies of of cancer. So seven (laughs) films
2: ago. Like, what? Uh Come on. (laughs) Let's just start anew. Um, It's such a cool premise for a horror villain. Uh, And I just feel like there's so much left that they could do with this story, but they really just handcuffed themselves with that asinine decision so hmm. you know like it, this is kind of like the exorcist for me i'll still go see it um regardless uh <laughs> but i don't know how much i'm really looking forward to it i kind of put it on the list because i know what a huge saw fan you are
1: yeah um you know there's two movies i always have to see with my mom it's saw and fucking <laughs> fast and furious <laughs> uh That's a I, weird so i thing. prefer this <laughs> it's a weird movie to bond over with your mom christian Hey, I, I didn't
2: choose it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> That's not my fault. All right, so the next movie on our list is Dune Part 2.
1: Directed by Denise Villeneuve and starring Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, who should hopefully have more than, you know, 30 seconds in this film. <laughs> I forget about that. Um...
2: You know what? I love the first movie. Um, And I'm not a Dune guy. Like, I never read the books. And I'm not a huge fan of the original Dune film. I saw it probably when I was like seven years old back in the 80s and totally fell asleep during it. Um, But, you know, for some reason, this movie worked for me. Um, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. Chris, you're right. Like, you weren't a huge fan. Oh, no, yeah. I I could live without this. Um, But I thought there was some great world building, and I can't wait to see where the story heads next. Uh, Because I honestly have no clue. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I mean, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is actually seeing this movie in the theaters. Because at the time this came out, it was like a day and date release type deal on HBO Max and because of you know the pandemic i chose to watch it you know Mm -hmm. on the streaming service so and like after watching i was like man this is a movie that you really need to experience in the theater um it deserves to be experienced
1: in the theater so um i will definitely be buying a ticket this time out i mean if there's the you know sometimes movie theaters do a double feature option are you gonna do that no, fuck you that. See that's, the first that's, one the second one. that's like six <laughs> hours
2: of <a> movie, man. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sure this is going to be epically long, also. Because the other one was like a good, like almost three hours. So no, I- yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like maybe if it gets a, re- a re-release at some point, you know, fine. But yeah, back to back. Now, man, I can't sit that. I can't sit that long.
1: Well, up next, we got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So Aquaman and the
2: Lost Kingdom is directed by James Wan and stars Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, and Patrick Wilson. All right. So once again, this movie is solely on the list because of me. Christian hated the first one. (laughs) I love the shit out of it. Octopus playing the drums and all. Um... You know, this is another situation for DC where the film feels like a bit of a lame duck because it seems like Jason Momoa is going to end up being, you know, the new universe's Lobo, uh, which is just a perfect fucking fit. Um, so this might actually be the last hurrah of kind of that, like, Steinerverse.
1: Yeah, um, your, your last Christmas gift of the year. Yeah. Hey, man, whatever.
2: <laughs> it was a good time, man.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what, though? I'm still curious about, like, him doing a trench film, trench horror movie. You, that got canceled.
2: Um, I know. But, you know, those those trench monsters were terrified. So, like, I was all about that spinoff. Um, And that's kind of where, like, DC was like, fuck it, man. Just make good movies. We don't care anymore. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, um, you know, who knows? Maybe if this film is successful, they end up, you know, bringing the trench to the new DC universe. Um, But I doubt it. Right. uh, I just don't know, like, after the Flash film and by the time this movie comes out, which is the end of the year, like, is anyone going to actually care about this movie anymore um you know but i guess if you're just looking for a fun time and a comic book story then why not
1: right yeah i mean yeah black manta running around mm-hmm. that's fun with his right? big
2: ass helmet <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, i totally forgot about that character i hope he's like the sole like villain i know ocean master's returning right but Mm -hmm. But they only really, like, scratch the surface with that character, so—and we know Yaha is a great actor, so, I mean, I'd love to see him, like, choose scenery as Black Manta. I don't know, I guess I just talked myself into, you know, wanting to see this movie again, so. (laughs) Uh, I'm just concerned, like, that Warner Brothers is going to go bankrupt with (laughs) some of these movies that are coming out this year, since we know that they don't matter anymore, Mm -hmm. I mean, some of these movies have huge budgets, and I'm just worried that, you know, audiences aren't going to be willing to turn out now, um, since they know that the stories aren't going to be going anywhere after this.
1: All right, so lastly on our list is Bo is Afraid. Bo is Afraid is an Ari Aster joint and stars Joaquin Phoenix, and will be coming out April 21st.
2: So with only like two films under his belt, like Ari Aster has become like one of my favorite directors. So like I'm on board, like no matter what, you know, he puts out. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, man, like after seeing this trailer, I have no clue what the fuck this film's (laughs) going to be like. (laughs) Um, We've got Joaquin Phoenix as Bo. It looks like he's going to try to visit his mom. Like she calls him and then, you know, he's off running literally um to go see his mom uh through the entire trailer he just looks terrified um at one point it looks like he's taken captive and then like he's on this like insane journey like at points it's animated at different parts of the trailer it looks like he's maybe jumping through time because we just see him at different ages because we see a really like young version of Bow. at least i think that's you know who he's supposed to be and then we see a very older version of bow one thing that keeps on getting stressed is this is like a horror comedy um which i mean i definitely get that vibe right
1: <laughs> well I, I definitely get the horror uh, um <laughs> it's i mean it's made to seem funny but i <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't
2: trust Ari Aster for shit, right? No. Like, he's gonna show us something completely traumatizing, isn't he? Because we know that he loves to traumatize his audiences. So yeah, um, who knows what kind of journey he's gonna take us on?
1: Yeah, we got some weird family that holds him captive yeah. after hitting them with the truck. I, I, I don't but know. But that's what's like going the first like ten seconds of the trailer, yeah. and then. Like,
2: <laughs> And then it seems like he's like in a Disney film for, for some reason. So um, his mom doesn't have a face at one point. Uh, yeah. No. Sign me up, man. <laughs>
1: Do you feel like the world he's running in through at the, like the beginning is like a heightened version of America? Or is it? Wow, Christian,
2: that's a real deep question I made.
1: <laughs> or is it just in his mind? I mean, just based off what how you felt about the trip. Maybe. I, I've I've a feeling it's
2: probably psychological. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. But it's probably meant to be a heightened version of, you know, where we're at as a society. But it's probably meant to be, you know, a heightened version of where we're at as a
1: society. Um, but I have no fucking clue, honestly. Well, as you said, I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing to see Ari Aster's creative expression on screen. But
2: that's going to do it for our most anticipated films of 2023. But like I said in the beginning, if there's a movie that you feel like should have made our list, uh, you know, let us know about it. Drop it in the comments or, you know, reach out to us on social media. We're at Amazing Nerd Show.
0: And now for a special edition of Christian's Corner. These are our most anticipated games of 2023.
1: Oh boy, that was a lot of films we just talked about, but that's not the only thing I consume. I play a lot of video games. 2023 is shaping up to be a massive year in gaming with xbox's lack of first party titles last year they have you know promised a big push to get games out for their consoles and game pass service but of course playstation steam and nintendo are not ones to be easily outdone so let's talk about some of the games i have personally had an eye on for 2023.
0: up first dead space 2023 remake
1: Coming January 27th, the remake of Dead Space will release on PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. The trailers for this remake have looked absolutely stunning with its graphical updates. Um, For me, very few horror games have been able to capture the weighty feel of Dead Space, and it's been a game I've surely missed over the years and really things can only get scarier when monsters become even more realistic looking, but it's clear Motive came to play with just how faithful the gameplay seems to be.
0: Next, Atomic Heart.
1: Out February 22nd on current and last-gen consoles along with PC and Game Pass is Atomic Heart. This game is based in an alternative reality where mankind has advanced slightly differently into the 1950s as you explore the USSR. The gameplay uh, shown off in the trailers has reminded me a lot of like games like uh, Bioshock and Dying Light, which, you know, FPS RPGs definitely reign supreme in my household. I do have you know, minor reservations about the bosses as they either look incredibly easy or just very confusing to me at least, but that's something I'm gonna have to you know just play and find out, which I will do for free on fucking Game Pass. All in all, it looks unique enough to not get lost in the shuffle of this pretty crowded genre.
0: Next, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The next big Star
1: Wars game, Jedi Survivor, comes to PS5, Xbox, and PC this March 17th. And boy am I looking forward to this one. With very little gameplay shown off, they still have won me over just by showing me a giant cross-guarded lightsaber. Either way, I just wholeheartedly, you know, trust Respawn. They delivered on the first game and I expect them to do the same on this one. My main hope is that it's just a bit longer and a bit bigger than the first ever was. As I thought the level design was awesome and very intuitive on how puzzles were designed, but because it was a shorter experience, I was left wanting a whole lot more. Not that I need, you know, every RPG to be a marathon experience, I just think that Respawn could really deliver on a huge scale with more places on some of these planets and more planets altogether.
0: Next, Resident Evil 4 2023 Remake.
1: On March 24th, Capcom's next Resident Evil Remake makes its way to current and last-gen consoles along with PC. Now, while you may think, I've played Resident Evil 4 now like a hundred times on several different editions, but this time it's different, dammit, they've rebuilt it truly from the ground up to match the experience of the last couple remakes that have all been you know smash hits for their updated gameplay. And while Resident Evil 4 was revolutionary at its release, I'm happy to explore this story with altered gameplay.
0: Next. Crime Boss, Rock A City. Also
1: coming out in March on the 28th is a new crime game coming to PC and current gen consoles featuring some of the most well-known actors in action crime films from the 80s and 90s, along with Chuck Norris playing himself as a cop in this crime-riddled Miami. You'll play as Travis Barker as you, you know, try to become the king of the criminal underworld by pulling off heists and more. This game really came out of nowhere for me, but I feel like it's coming at the right time to, you know, scratch that GTA itch everyone has lately, you know, because we're all waiting for GTA 6 to finally be announced. But at the same time, this does look good on its own, and I hope will be um, even more experienced than what we got out of games like uh, Saint Row this past year.
0: Next, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League.
1: Coming May 26th is Rocksteady's next DC game where you will be hunting down evil mind-controlled versions of the Justice League as Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, and King Shark as part of Task Force X. Rocksteady did a fantastic job with the Arkham franchise, so I am looking forward to more of that kind of gameplay. Plus, you know, I always love the evil versions of the DC heroes. So while I'm pretty sure it was fun for them to play with the characters from Task Force X, it was probably even more fun designing these evil versions of like Superman and Batman. Which, speaking of which, this will be the last performance for Kevin Conroy as Batman, which, you know, makes it an even little, which makes this game even a little bit more special for me as a Batman the Animated Series fan. This is coming to current-gen consoles and PC.
0: Next, Stellar Blade.
1: All right, going forward, now we have all the games that don't actually have a release date just stated yet, but a bunch of news is set to come out either at the end of this month or next month. But one of those games that was shown off last year that really caught my eye for both you know graphics and gameplay design was Stellar Blade. On top of that, I've made it one of my personal goals to play a little bit more JRPGs and Japanese action games in general. But originally this was called Project Eve for those who might be confused on what Stellar Blade is and will be a PS5 exclusive that has that kind of, you know, DMC-like gameplay that I really, you know, enjoy in a third-person action title.
0: Next, Lies of P.
1: Coming to current gen and PC is Lies of P, where you play as Geppetto in a demented Pinocchio-inspired Souls game. We've been getting a lot of Souls-style games lately, but this one's, you know, steampunk aesthetic and gameplay made it really stand out in the trailer's released last year, and I'm, you know, watching for more news on it carefully. I mean, if this comes anywhere close to what we've you know, received from From Software, then it will definitely be a hit this upcoming year. Next, Redfall. Arcane Studios' next big game is Redfall, and it's rumored to be actually coming out, you know, maybe a little bit before summer in May, though we will learn more at the end of this month from Xbox. It's a co-op first-person shooter open-world monster-hunting game with all the quirky fun gameplay that you've, you know, come to expect from Arcane Studios. After games like Dishonored and Deathloop, I'm definitely looking forward to this one as well. Though the marketing has been pushing more for that co-op angle, you can play it single-player
0: next marvel spider-man 2.
1: currently set for a fall release on the ps5 marvel's spider-man games have been perfect under insomniac and exactly what i've been looking for in a superhero game next as we next as we saw from the initial teaser the game plans to explore venom which i think will be very interesting here since there's a bigger like mentor role for peter in this version of spider-man as i imagine him putting on the black suit in this game would you know put a huge wedge between peter and miles i could really see a much darker story coming out of this one on top of that it very much seems like you know goblin and craven will be involved in this story too as we did see multiple villains in the first game they're definitely ramping it up even more intense characters for our spider man to go up against so as a comic book fan and as a gamer i couldn't be happier
0: next starfield
1: Last but not least, you know Starfield was going to have to make my list. Currently playing for next-gen and PC, this is Bethesda's next big title. And let's be honest, I'm a slut for Bethesda RPGs. Each time they release a buggy mess of a game with a ton of charm, I just eat it all right up, and then play it forever with, you know, all the mod support it gets on PC. So of course, I'm going to be playing a game that they've described as the Han Solo experience. You'll have the you'll have the ability to travel space with hundreds of procedurally crafted planets similar to No Man's Sky, while also getting the Bethesda RPG experience from you know home planets they have crafted for their story. And based off of what I just said, I mean, You can imagine the mod potential for a game like this is exponential like imagine players being able to build their own worlds in this game it's something i think could last for a very long time if given the same amount of support that we've seen in games like skyrim and fallout so hopefully they do this game right and don't like piss off their you know hordes of gaming fans that bethesda has because i know i've been you know let down a couple times over the past few years um, over like my most anticipated games So I'm trying my hardest not to be, you know, content on the hype train, but this is for sure the one that I'm looking forward to the most. But anyway, with that said, there are still plenty of other games like, you know, Replace, Tekken 8, and a whole lot more that I'm interested in playing. But for now, these are the ones I'm most excited for and plan on streaming on Twitch. If there is a game you think I should check out this year, or games you're looking forward to that I didn't mention, we would love to hear it on social media, so definitely check us out at Amazing Nerd Show. And of course, if you would like to watch me play any of the games mentioned here, best way to do so is to join us live every weekend on Twitch as we play games new and old all year long. But all right, enough of that. Let's move on to wrestling. (laughs) Wow, and I thought Danielson was a bad public speaker. Hold on a second, hold on a second. Buddy, pro tip from the world champion, don't listen to these people. Round here, we speak American, okay, bud? Think you can pull that off? American? I said,
3: kiss my eyes!
2: All right, Christian, so we've got another killer episode of AEW Dynamite to talk uh, this week. Um, just a jam-packed show. Uh, AEW's been on quite a streak of late, uh, just putting out banger after banger after banger. I really want to say like, it's a good two months' worth of just fantastic shows, um, even though the ratings don't necessarily reflect that right now. Um, I feel like eventually like, if they keep on putting this like high-quality product out there, The ratings will catch up to it. Mm -hmm. So um, even though there might be a little, you know, dark cloud of disappointment hovering over this episode, um, which we'll get into, you know, at the appropriate time later on in the episode. (laughs) But with that being said, like I walked away from this episode still being satisfied. Um, Now there is a, you know, 500 pound gorilla named Vince in the room right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the last don't acknowledge
1: t- <laughs> him david
2: <laughs> he's staring right at me the last <laughs> week has been quite the shit storm um uh-huh. but like you know our episode's pretty jam-packed this week so and this isn't just to plug patreon uh i, I we're gonna talk that probably in our best and worst of the week episode um, you know, so if you want to hear our direct thoughts, you can, you know, check out Patreon. Um, become what is it, a second tier member, uh, yes. you know, and you get like basically a brand new episode of the Amazing Nerd Show every week, exclusive to Patreon, where we just kind of talk the best and worst of the week in nerdum. So that's something that we'll probably dive a little more into, you know, on Patreon just because of time, but we'll definitely. You because know, it's it feels like events are like just like slowly unfolding right now. So mm. I'm sure next week we'll probably
1: have more talk
2: to talk about on you know the actual episode, you know the actual podcast. Either itself.
1: way, it's going to be Damon's number one moment of the week. So fuck you. No, it's not. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> All I kept on thinking last night was gross. But <laughs> we'll talk more <laughs> on the Best and Worst of the Week. Uh, you know, like I said, it's not just a cheap plug, you know, for the Patreon. And it's really, you know, I'm sticking to the goddamn format this week. So <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> it's a long okay. show. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of movies coming out this this year. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, AW, at least this week's Dynamite, was definitely a beacon of hope in the shitstorm called McMahon. Um, this week so i feel like this deserves more of our time um so let's go ahead and let's jump
1: into it well anyway to start off this show we have hangman adam page defeating john moxley so this match was everything i could possibly want
2: um you know from a moxley hangman um match especially with the angle that they were working i thought like they started perfectly with just you know You know, not even waiting for the bell to ring and just, you know, straight up brawling, Um, hard hitting. Uh, It felt like Paige was trying to concuss uh, Moxley like that Uh was kind of the story (laughs) of the match, as fucked up as that sounds. Um, I like it when Paige has that edge. Um, But I don't know, man, this like was just so well worked. I mean, it's insane to think that Paige has been on the shelf for as long as he has been, like just like a, a couple of months. Um, and, like, there was no fucking ring rust on that dude. Um, no. You know, so I I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But, I mean, once again, it goes back to what we were talking about last week when we are talking about, like, the best wrestlers of the year, you know, our favorite wrestlers of the year. You know, Paige is just so underappreciated. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, Mox gets all the praise and everything. I yeah. mean, he was our, you know, top pick for Wrestler of the Year. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the way they worked this match, and, you know, of course, you know, Paige went over, um, you know, Moxley seemed to be concussed afterwards, you know, storyline wise. So I'm wondering if Moxley will end up taking time off, um, which we know that he is, had a long overdue vacation planned yes. for a while, so maybe that will be the case. Um, maybe this is like his storyline out. Um, I will say, like, <sighs> I was a little disappointed with Paige's reaction after the match. I understand, like, his gimmick is like the you know millennial cowboy and everything like that, and he's very much in touch with his feelings and everything. You know, but, I don't know, like, I'm I'm kind of over that. It feels like, it feels like something he leans into in every big match, you know, uh, that he ends up having. Like, every, like, spotlight program, yeah, you know. It's, that... it's his character arc.
3: <laughs> but where's it going? I
2: don't know. Because <laughs> he did it with the box. He did it with... The... You know, and I understand, like, he's feeling remorseful because he was, you know, he obviously got concussed, so he understands what Moxley's going Mm -hmm. through. But I want to see an edge to Paige now. Like, I I need a new chapter in this book. You know, because I feel like we're just retelling the same story over and over again with him. You know, like, this reluctant warrior. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. like, where is this going? When's he going to get over this? Because we have seen him, like, kind of tease, like going too far in other you know programs that he's worked where like he's almost like you know used a chair you know to win a match or you know um you know use a weapon of some sort um i mean part of me was actually almost hoping to see him attack moxley after the (laughs) Uh. (laughs) like it'd make like no sense for the character really (laughs) but just to like see this like okay we're turning a new leaf like this character's progressing you know like maybe he's going to go down this like darker path and everything you know cuz fuck moxley like he's been a complete jerk <laughs> i mean he's I guess... a week after week he's punching a guy who's not medically clear you know uh-huh. to wrestle in the head over and over again <laughs> so like fuck him like he doesn't owe anything to him. Like he doesn't need to feel sympathetic towards Moxley, and Moxley wouldn't want that.
1: No, but would he be too much like Moxley at that point if he's just doing and that the same thing? Could be thing? part of the
2: story though. Uh-huh. Like his hatred for Moxley is like corrupting him. You know, like you know, and he's becoming like Moxley because of it. Like I, I, I would totally it'd be. It would just be a new wrinkle to the character mm. that we haven't had, you know, yet. So, you know, I just I'm sick of the ho-hum
1: act like afterwards. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I think eventually it will get to a point where he he finally breaks and he probably has a massive heel turn to shock us all. But I do enjoy. It doesn't
2: even have to be a heel turn, though, because Moxley is still like, you know, an in-betweener, if you will. Uh Uh-huh. So it just be an edge to the character. Um, You know, and that's what got him over in the first place in AEW is when he started to really show that edge. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's just me. Uh, <laughs> but maybe I'm just cranky from, you know, being up all night last night and following all the fucking, you know, <laughs> crazy McMahon drama.
1: I It's just it, it's very... He has a very anime, like, protagonist character in AEW. It might even be a
2: a generational thing, too,
1: though. Like, you uh know, I'm a Gen Xer,
2: so I'm like, dude, get over it. You're a fucking wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't want to hurt anyone, go into accounting. Like, what are you doing,
1: man? (laughs) it's, It's at least something different than what we get with a lot of wrestlers on the show. Yes. I will give it that, at least. I
2: guess. It's just a bit one note for me, but...
1: Still a great match. Still was a fantastic match. Don't get
2: me wrong. It was a hell of a match. (laughs) I was just a little disappointed with the ending. So, Um, all right. We'll move in on. What do we got next?
1: Well, after this, we got a big promo from Adam Cole making his official return to AEW.
2: Yeah. um, Tony Schiavone came out to the ring uh, saying that it gives him no pleasure to welcome uh, his next guest. Um, I was expecting MJF, um, and then Adam Cole came out. Yes. Um, you know, Tony hit the brakes like he was nowhere to be found. I don't even know why he was there, but whatever. Um, it was great to see Adam back in the ring. Super heartfelt promo. I mean, we haven't seen him since Forbidden Door, which was what, like six months ago? Yeah. Jesus. It would
1: have been six or seven, years. It
2: doesn't. You know, I know we talk about it a lot, but I don't think people, like, fathom really, like, how injury-ridden AEW has been over this past year. Like, they have never been, like, firing on all cylinders at any point. You know, I mean, you remember last year we talked about, like, how stacked the roster was and everything. And, And don't get me wrong, even with all these, like, huge stars out, the roster's still pretty fucking bloated and stacked. But Mm -hmm. like they were missing so many key players for, you know, multiple months at a time. Um, It's a wonder that they were able to put like, you know, still like high quality content out on a weekly basis. So like, you know, Tony deserves some credit you know, for that. Yeah. Even though, you know, it hasn't been leaving Miro
1: in the back. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't well, all been they perfect. Have no listen <laughs> <laughs>
3: They've had wrestlers
1: though. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah, man. You're not willing
2: if you say no to a program, then it's kinda like next in line. Uh-huh. You know? So I mean I'm sure we'll probably hear more about exactly what went down eventually, but mm-hmm. it is a little weird, but you know, it is what it is. But anyway, it was great to see Cole back. Um, you know do you think he's going to end up being a babyface now? Because
1: I can't imagine. I think he he needs to be faced for a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: You know, even right. though... Ease our way back in. Even though he left to heal and attacking, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny, it doesn't feel like it makes any sense for him. No. To be, you know, especially with, like, the other two, you know, members of uh, the Undisputed Era being out. You know, I mean, well... I guess Fish is just not in the company anymore, you know, but
1: <laughs> he's out. Okay. O'Reilly
2: is you know, dealing with a serious injury. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 he did have me fool, I will say, like, when he started saying I got good news and bad news, like, I don't know why I fell for that, because <laughs> like, literally Soraya did the same promo a couple uh-huh. months ago, you know, and that didn't work on me, but this totally got me hook, line, and sinker, so uh but no I, I i thought this was a great promo i'm just happy to have him back
1: yeah after a promo like this i feel like he has to be faced just for a little bit <laughs>
2: yeah yeah cuz everyone wants to, i mean everyone was cheering him anyway as a like uh-huh. heel um but he would be great as like the next guy up to face off against mjf you know i could see that it happening it would be fun um you know and that's a that's a matchup that we we haven't seen in the past and at least in AEW so um and it
1: it feels big too you know i still won't be surprised if he comes out next week and just starts insulting the entire town while he's still being cheered that could happen too that wouldn't surprise me either (laughs)
2: because it hasn't stopped him in the past like i said like he's Uh, one of the most over guys in the company but he still works you know heel Um, and he's fantastic at it so um but
3: yeah
1: um after this we found out that the acclaimed and daddy ass are going to be added to the walk of fame they're going to be receiving some stars uh, which I I was completely surprised by, but sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's really happening. I think it's just a Oh, bit. okay. Okay. <laughs> I think you have to have a you know, be a little longer in the entertainment business to earn yourself a star on the Walk of Fame. So like if Brian Danielson doesn't have one, I don't think the acclaimed is getting one. So okay. <laughs> So we'll see. That's supposed to take place on Rampage though.
1: Uh, After that, um, officially, Jungle Hook defeated Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. This was another match where, you know, it was everything that you'd
2: want it to be. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we got the big spot with Hook, you know, throwing Big Bill. Um, I'm hoping we get like some kind of one on one matchup. Um, And if that is the case, I actually want to see Big Bill go over because I feel like it like Hook won't lose anything in losing to Big Bill. You know, like you could have a program there. Like Hook does eventually need to lose, like he's also mm-hmm. undefeated like Jade. Um, you know, he he hasn't had nearly as many matches, but still um I think you could have a program where it's like, you know, David and Goliath and you know bill ends up beating hook but then you know hook eventually overcomes you know in the feud um you know so and like you've got big bill in this i can't believe i can't i can't believe i have to call him (laughs) big bill (laughs) but you have him in the company let's see him wrestle you know like right now he's just kind of a glorified like prop he's just the heater you know like he's he doesn't do much except look you know physically imposing like i'm glad that he actually got to work a fucking match because he can actually work you know for a Mm -hmm. big guy and i'm not really into like that style of wrestling like i don't like you know you know i don't like the giants if you will but you know for for a giant you know he can hold his own you know in between the
1: ropes so on top of that he's got a big personality to go along with the rest of him you know so it it was good to actually see him taunting the crowd and yes. doing stuff in the ring yes
2: yes um you know i t- where do you think this all leads to like do you think hook and jungle boy stay
1: together do you think this is a one-off i i feel like they have to fight eventually Um, I could see them going on like a mini tear in the tag team division, but I can't imagine them becoming champions unless like it becomes so demanded of by the crowd. Yeah, like they just get that white hot.
2: Uh, When you said you think it will lead them to fighting eventually, are you talking about like like Jungle Boy versus Hook? Yeah, I feel like they got to do that as a match, right? I don't know. I think it'll be like what they Some did with, with Hookhausen. I think they'll part and go their separate know. ways. I mean, maybe. I don't know though. Like I, I, it's kind of going against the grain there, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you get out of that program.
1: Either way, I I definitely felt like Hook was at his best in this match. Like, I, I think this was one of his best performances. I agree. And, you know, that ring. says a
2: lot because he hasn't had that many tag matches. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, you know, I like seeing
2: him really evolve, too, as a wrestler. Um, you know, his selling's still not the best, but it's definitely improved. So, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, now yeah, solid match. Uh backstage we had an interview with Orange Cassidy and the uh Golden Globe uh winner Paul Walter Hauser uh recently won for Blackbird a limited series. Um apparently he wants to show off his Golden Globe, but he's going to wait till Rampage. He also had some questions for Orange Cassidy when he asked uh if he's still friends with the Best Friends. Yes, and the Best Friends showed up. Uh, Wearing
2: the tie-dye track suits again, which I guess is supposed to be symbolic of, like, everything being kosher. Um, Okay. (laughs) You know, there was, uh, you know, Cassidy had a match against Trent. Um, You know, Cassidy went over, but uh, Penelope Ford interfered. So, just, it seemed like it left a really bad taste in Trent's mouth. So, he walked away pretty angrily along with Chuck then uh, the last couple times we saw Orange, uh, he was without the Best Friends. Um, the Best Friends did eventually make a save for him on mm-hmm. Rampage this past week. And it, or actually, it was Battle of the Belts, I believe. Um, yeah, he was going up against Kip, um, which was actually a really good match. So Battle of the Belts and Rampage this past week were really great shows. So if you haven't seen those, definitely check those out. Um, But yeah, so it it seems like they're back on the same page um, because I have no idea where they would go with that storyline because no one wants to see the best friends break up, right?
1: Um, No, but I wasn't 100% buying them being all 100%, you know, friends.
2: Yeah, there's a little tension there still, but Uh. I'm sure I I can't imagine, you know, the best friends turning (laughs) on Orange
1: Cassidy, but who knows? (laughs) It could happen. And, of course, Dan Housen got them to crack up right as they were yes, <laughs> yes. panning away. Every one of the segments are so awkward, but uh-huh. just amazing. So. <laughs> After this, we had another backstage moment with Renee. Um, she was pretty much just hyping up the best of seven series as she was trying to get an interview with the elites, but they wouldn't let her in the room. I didn't even see this happen. <laughs> hey, it was literally 30 seconds. Okay. It was easy to miss. I must have blinked or something. <laughs> Uh this was followed up by um Tekesta making his way to the ring and then being interrupted by MJF right before Brian Danielson could make an arrival. I personally am never a big fan when they kind of like walk that line
2: of doing that old school like racial heat stuff, if you will. Uh-huh. Um but like for MJF as a character, it it, it makes sense. It just feels like I don't know, as a heel, I I kind of expect more from his promos and everything. Um, Like, it never crossed the line. He didn't go, like, too far over the line, at least. Like, he wasn't Dan Lambert out there or anything. But I just, I, I feel like he's more clever than that. I mean, I will say he was definitely playing, like, that classic, you know, idiotic heel like when he said we speak American or uh-huh. shit like that. And then when like Takeshita like tells him off like he got all like bug eyed and like <laughs> like how dare you. Um so like I enjoyed that aspect of it, you know, at least. Um but yeah I don't know. I, I always just expect so much out of MJF So when he has one that doesn't necessarily like, you know you know, check all those boxes i am always a little disappointed
1: i don't know it, it felt like a weird moment of just mjf was filling for time as as brian Danielson got ready for his match yeah because <laughs> then he starts going into the crowd and going after all the celebrity I, endorsements I do love yes yes he did he we
2: did i forgot about that but didn't he call uh freddie prince jr scooby doo douche or something like that
1: <laughs> scooby doobie douche. yes bag. that was amazing yes <laughs>
2: <laughs> i thought that was great um uh-huh. i also love mgf the chicken shit heel like just him
1: <laughs> like, like it.
2: running as fast <laughs> as he humanly can like up the ramp to get away from brian i love that shit he did that a couple times almost... with punk where he just uh-huh. takes up and he's like just all of a sudden on top of the arena like Sprinting up practically those practically
1: Benny Hill style, yes, like. Yeah, like
2: arms <laughs> pumping. Like I love that shit. That's amazing. So I love that he's not afraid to not be the cool heel. Like you know, mm. he wants to be that dastardly, cowardly heel that you want to see. You know, get his ass kicked every night, and that's you know why he's so fantastic at what he does. So, but like with this, you know, back and forth with Takeshita, I don't know. I just expected a little. Something more, you know, that it felt like it was scripted by like Vince,
1: if you will. Well, I mean, if he really is going after that contract, (laughs) he knows Vince is back, baby. (laughs)
3: Like, oh, this is good
1: shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of good shit, we had Brian Danielson defeating Takeshita in a fantastic match here. Yeah,
2: I mean, there was really no doubt in my mind that Brian would do everything in his ability to get Takeshita over and really give him a spotlight, this was more mm. about showcasing Takeshita as a wrestler than like Brian trying to like go through MJF's gauntlet. I mean, don't get me wrong; that storyline was obviously there, but you could tell what Brian <laughs> is really doing here with this program. I mean, we found out next week he's going to be going up against Bandito. So, you know, I think he's going to go up against (laughs) all these amazing talents to really show like the AEW audience, like what Tony has at his disposal with this insane roster that he's put together. Um, So I, I, you know, speaking of Miro, I could see him being one of the guys that, you know, Brian has to go up against, you know, like maybe like he's the last guy. You know, he's the underboss. It'd be a good
1: twist, good surprise,
2: yeah. You know, and, like, Brian, you know, barely beats him or something like that. I I mean, that would be awesome. I don't want to see the usual suspects, though. I want to see, like, the newer talent that you just signed mm-hmm. and everything. Because um, I could also see, like, Big Bill, you know, being someone that, you know, you know, Brian goes up against. I, I just don't want it to be, like, Lance Archer, which it's totally going to be Lance Archer. <laughs> I just feel like Lance always comes in and has to fill in, like, this role. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> I feel like he has for MJ. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, you're, you might be right. Um, so we've just seen that so many times, you know, in the past that I'm just over that, you know? Like, I, I want to see Lance wrestle, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I don't
1: know. Um... Uh, maybe it'll end with Suzuki or something. Yeah, who knows? <sighs> who knows?
2: So... Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I thought this was an amazing match. Uh... I think by the end of the year, Takeshita is going to be like a main event caliber wrestler in the company. I mean, he already has the talent to do that. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think he's going to be a featured main event player. Like they're really starting to build him up. Like he's having just amazing match after amazing match after amazing match. It's only a matter of time before he goes on a huge tear and starts like, you know, getting a win streak going. So because right now he's just falling short match after match, you know, against A.W.'s top talent. It's always against A.W.'s top talent, though. So I think he's going to get that big win in the future. Um, You know, they're mm-hmm. teasing this whole storyline with him and Don Callis. I don't know where that's going. I don't know if it's going to be a case of like Callis, like getting involved with him and like getting his like first win, you know, helping him get his first win. Um, But, like, maybe, I mean, we've seen the storyline, right, play out, like, hundreds of times where, like, does like, you know, kind of torn, you know, like, I don't want your help, I don't need your help, especially if it's, you know, coming by other means. Um, but, I don't know, I-, I could definitely see them going that route, you know, where Callus gets him, like, started on this win streak and then eventually, you know, he's feuding with Callus and someone else. You know, like a, like a Kenny Omega. It'll be his, uh, you know, Paul Heyman for a little bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's that high caliber of a talent. I think he's going to end up being one of the biggest signings that AEW has like made
1: over the last like year or so. So I mean he's a big deal. After that, we had Renee backstage talking with Juice Robinson, who threw out the gauntlet to go after Darby Allen and the TNT title on Rampage. This should be an awesome
2: matchup. Uh this is exactly what I want from the TNT championship. Like I I want it to be that belt that's defended, like, you know, pretty regularly, almost weekly. Um, that's kind of the run that Darby had with the belts, uh, you know, first time around. So, I mean, he he defended that title after only three days um, against Mike Bennett. It was a fantastic match on Rampage. Um, like I said, check out Rampage. Uh, so if it's just going to be Darby, you know, being that fighting champion, defending the belts week after week. I mean, we already have that kind of going on with Orange Cassidy right now, um, but like I don't know, like, that kind of, you know, storyline with the bouts always just makes mm-hmm. them feel so much more important. Um, unlike what they were doing with Wardlow, where we, would, we wouldn't we would see him for, like, a couple weeks. Or he would go, like, a month without defending the title. Um, and that's not his fault, obviously. That's just bad booking. Um, so I, I'm glad that, like, it seems like we're getting kind of a reset with the TNT title. Um, and we're kind of like starting back, you know, from square one, because I've always just envisioned it as like the workers title, like where we're just guaranteed a great match night after night, Mm. you know, like the TV title back in the day.
1: I mean, I'm still hoping that Wardlow can have like his big comeuppance against, uh, Samoa Joe, like maybe take the other title off of him. I don't know whenever they're doing Uh, their ring of honor. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's happening here.
2: Um, because we didn't see Joe tonight, and we didn't see Wardlow, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen Wardlow since he got his haircut. Yeah. So I'm wondering if Joe, like, doesn't, like, eventually beat Darby for the belt, and that's when, you know, Wardlow makes his return. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I, I just, once again, like, out of sight, out of mind— Mm-hmm. You know, like they keep on doing this like stop and start thing with Wardlow, and it just, it's killed his momentum.
1: Well, following up after the Brian Danielson match was our women's uh, match with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker going up against Soraya and Tony Storm. And I would like to say, this crowd kept the energy the entire night. Like, I was surprised. I was expecting this to at least go super down really fast. I thought they lost him a
2: little, like, after the commercial break like when they came back from the commercial break the crowd was like sitting on their hands it felt like but they eventually won them back mm-hmm. at the end so um so i mean this this was kind of the dark cloud that i was alluding to uh you know when we started uh-huh. the recap <laughs> uh we both know everyone was expecting a mercedes sighting of some sort um you know it's been it is feels like it's been teased for weeks. Um, You know, when you set up a match like this, like one, you don't set up a TV match with a mystery partner component five weeks out without having a huge payoff. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Like, it's to the point that it feels so egregious that I I have to believe something went down behind the scenes where they were expecting to be able to sign Mercedes. So that's why they set up the match in the first place. And then it like all fell through last minute. You know, that's pure conjecture. That's pure speculation. Because otherwise, I don't know why you book this whole program the way you did like you have to manage expectations um a lot better than this <laughs> like once you hear the entire internet the entire wrestling internet buzzing about you know this match four weeks out about AEW possibly signing mercedes you need to get out in front of it As soon as possible. Now it felt like. There was a lot of like stop and start with like. You know this match. Like where like they went like a couple weeks without talking about it. Now I will say in the beginning. At least. They weren't beating us over the head with it. They weren't like dropping. Tons of hints every week. um, To the point where I was like okay. Well maybe they figured. Out you know what the buzz was and they were trying to walk it back a little but that's when you have to like jump out in front of it and like Mm -hmm. go to your wrestling journalists and you know say hey listen we'd love to have mercedes but that's not what's happening here you know leak that to who needs to know because otherwise it, it definitely feels like you're trying to mislead your audience right And I was trying to rationalize it in my head because it did feel like they just kind of dropped it and they weren't talking about it like, you know, afterwards, after they like set up this match and everything. Um, And, you know, maybe part of it was because like, you know, Mercedes technically was still under contract. So they didn't want any like tampering, you know, claims up against them. Um, So I could see that. Uh, But then like once January 1st hit – they started to kind of like give us those teases again. And then you had what went down last week where we just had a couple weird segments. The first segment with Brett and uh, Jamie, it definitely felt like they were teasing Sasha, you know, Mercedes because like Brit says the boss line and winks at the camera. (laughs) Now at that point, Mercedes had showed up on new Japan TV. So you know what you're doing there. Um, and if you don't have her like, you know, booked to show up, you know, this week, then what are you doing? You know, uh, you know, other than like purposely misleading your audience, um, right afterwards, you know, or later on, later on the show, you have the segment with, you know, uh, Seraya and uh Tony and uh, Sheeta that was weird and awkward at best um with you know Seraya just matter-of-factly naming Tony as her partner um and you had you know Sheeta sitting there acting you know confused and upset which yes you named you know Saraya's partner but at the same time, you started a storyline where a lot of people, you know, being, you know, wrestling fans <laughs> started maybe seeing things that weren't necessarily there because like right away, like I, we talked about it, it was like, oh, yeah, she does absolutely jumping Tony, you know, oh, before yeah. the match and taking <laughs> her out. And that's when, you know. Uh, Mercedes is going to come out, or, you know, maybe even after the match, maybe New Japan has something, you know, in the deal where she has to wrestle her first match, you know, after her contract with WWE with New Japan. So maybe it's a case of Mercedes making a save at, you know, the end of the tag match uh-huh. this week. None of that happened. None of that happened. And I just, I don't know. I have to go against my nature here. I just, be an optimist and believe that Tony had to, be, you know, to think that he was going to be able to sign Mercedes, that they were still in talks to the very last minute and just fell through, because you you can't have Britt go on national TV and you know say that boss line and not think that you know. Your your fan base is going to start anticipating Mercedes showing mm-hmm. up on your you know TV, um, even with, you know, the whole weird, you know, Tony segment, you know, with Soraya, like <laughs> it just what are you doing? It's, it, you know, unless and I hate to say it, like unless it was a case of like, well, I want to get these eyes on my, you know,
1: show no matter what, which is just incredibly narrow sighted. But why can't I like, imagine someone like sp- spooning that to him? Like, hey, this you know, this is going to get attention no matter what. So might as well just keep it out there. No, I-, I would agree with you. It's just he doesn't have a history of that. Like, he's been
2: burned by high expectations in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I would think that he would do his best to kind of, like, back away from that kind of situation. I mean, because we've seen him, you know promise something big and then have it completely underwhelm you know his fan base uh you know look at the christian cage situation you know he was super excited for it you know you Uh. know fans were insane you know during that like they were like people were talking the rock people were talking like (laughs) (laughs) like slow the fuck down people um you know so then when christian came out and debuted People were kind of let down, which is ridiculous. Um, so I, I would just think he would shy away from that, you know, um, because you don't want to burn your audience.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: you don't want to have it a case where they just don't trust you anymore as a promoter. Um, you want, like, you know, there to be a huge payoff, uh, and if you, you know, set up a tag match four weeks out. With a mystery partner component, (laughs) you better pay it off in some kind of, like, big fashion. And this just wasn't it. You know, great match. Hard-hitting match. I thought Soraya did a great job. Um, She felt a lot more comfortable in the ring um, compared to her return match at the pay-per-view. I'm really hoping, like, this new kind of like hard hitting style that we're seeing more of in the women's division becomes kind of like, you know, the division's identity, you know, like their signature style that like kind of like all Japan style, um, you know, uh-huh. basically Jamie Hayter style, because we're seeing more and more matches like that, you know, out of this division. Jamie hits. Yes, hard, And but so do all the other women like they can wrestle this style and that could, you know, separate them From other women's divisions. You know on other channels. So you know. I I want more of this. Because we're seeing a lot more matches. Like you know this now. Um, And I I don't think it's just a case of. You know hater. Because Tony also wrestles. This kind of style too. Um, So you know knock on wood. Like they've kind of found. Their identity now. Um, And we can see more. Of this style of match. Because I mean. The women's matches they really have not been disappointing of late. Um mm-hmm. you know, they've been really, you know, highlights on the show uh recently and I feel like that all started with Tony's run as interim, you know, champion. But at the end of the day, like when the match was over and there was no Mercedes, it's hard not to feel a little let down. And just kind of I don't know, befuddled that <laughs> you know, like like that tony would put himself in this situation this is a Hmm. self-inflicted wound like this was like once you realize you're not getting mercedes you go to the dave meltzers you go to the sean ross saps and you say she's not coming you know like get that out to Uh your fans or you i mean he does bust it open every (laughs) fucking week on wednesdays you know you you know You tell whoever, like, hey, ask me about Mercedes so you could come out and, you know, give a company a line. We'd love to have her. She right now is not under AEW contract, but who knows, you know, maybe something in the future. But right now, you know, don't expect her, you know, on tonight's show. You know, get out in front of it. You know, you could have done this weeks ago. That's why I have to believe they were in talks, you know, and it just fell through.
1: I mean, it makes sense when you think of it that way, because I I, even knowing that she's not going to be a part of this, why not have an even bigger like exclamation point at the end of this match? You you know, you really define that she does a heel and you have people talking about that or something like that. You you change the narrative the best you can. I think people would Mm -hmm. still be
2: disappointed, but you do something to shape the narrative and, you know, you leave them on the high point uh, storyline wise. You know, you don't do the whole like, is this an accident thing? Or, you know, did Sheeta mean to throw, you know, her kendo stick to Brit? So, I mean, that it's like I don't wanna see another like two month long storyline you know, with someone eventually turning heel. Like, let's just get on with it. Like give me I mean, give me heel all... sheeta now.
1: You know? Uh, I mean fuck they were all still like in the same color scheme i was like this would be crazy if she just got up there with she's wearing the red right so that just made
2: fucking sense i noticed that too (laughs) 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 and it feels like they're really playing up this like you know aw originals versus you know the outsiders you know storyline Uh now um It felt like Soraya was laying on a little thick with the whole like this is my house like she said it like three or four times and I think it was purposeful I think she was really trying to kind of get underneath you know the AEW fans skin a little Um, so I don't know I I could totally see that happening and that would work with your roster right now you know you have Ruby Riots on your roster that you could put with Soraya's group if you wanted to um, you know, and then you could have Sheeta aligned with Brit and Jamie. You know, she is an exactly. original who doesn't get her just due. Um, so I don't know.
1: If anything, if they're doing heels, I mean, Athena would be great for that. You know, outsider. Group. Yes, because dear Lord, I need to see Athena versus
2: Hater. Um, You know, which we might have had already. Did we have that match
3: already take place?
2: Maybe. But not but on this, not with like Hater as uh, the champion and like this new version of Athena. You know, who does not give a fuck. Like, she's killing it on uh, Dark right now. Just
1: brutalizing people in the ring.
2: So just to see those two square up and just throwing fucking potatoes at each other. I'm here for it all day. Um, Yeah, though, that would be amazing.
1: All right, well, after this, we had the Jericho Appreciation Society showing up all matching gear per usual. Um, And then, you know, really calling out Ricky Starks and Action Andretti for everything that they've done over the past few weeks. Yeah, I thought this was a letdown. Um,
2: This was definitely, like, the weakest I've seen Starks look on the mic in a very long time. Um, You know, he had a few weeks after he turned babyface, where it felt like he was really trying to search for his voice. Um, But since then, like he's just been on fire, but this week, I don't know, man, it just felt like he was really struggling on the mic. Um, Nothing was really clicking. So, and like this back and forth and everything was just kind of weird. I did like the whole, like, Danny and uh, Sammy dynamic that we've got mm-hmm. going on and everything. Um, Andretti like feels like a, a natural heel to me. Like he doesn't feel like a baby face at all to me, at least on the mic. Hmm. So I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like he had a great win and everything like that, you know, but I don't know if this is the right character for him. Uh, like I could see the guy, you know more as like an up-and-coming like heel character um than like i,
1: a, I could see him in yes JAS,
2: yes to be honest with you yes <laughs> like maybe like chris takes him on as like a young boy like one of his young boys
3: because
2: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i like Sars kind of alluded to that like you know jericho is like collecting <laughs> younger talents so um you know uh-huh. with garcia and sammy Uh, so maybe he adds
1: another one. That would be a great trio. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, you Uh. know, know, I mean, Jericho's a wizard, so maybe he put a spell on him. I don't know. You know, maybe there's something in that fireball. Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I watched a lot of 80s wrestling, Christian. Um, Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, but no, I, I could definitely see a heel turn. Like, I could see that happening eventually. Um, it was also weird because they already announced the Starks in, uh, Hager match and then they try to set it up organically uh, storyline wise on the mic and then like yeah yeah, and then like Excalibur like scrambled to kind of explain it away that Starks already went to Tony Khan (laughs) and had the match made so I don't know those are the you know little details that you know really like annoy me at the end of the day um, where it just logically doesn't make any sense so um you know good on excalibur to like you know try to get in front of them Uh, yeah no it it was it was
1: kind of weird so um but yeah no this just didn't do it for me i i do have a minor complaint that the the team this week was they've been off the rails you know every week but this week my my God. god The amount of comments, you know, uh, about his nipples and stuff. Taz, what do you, no, oh, no, the Taz and team? fucking yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about J. What's his name? We're having Tony and everyone we're having with each other throughout all the matches. We're getting distracting at points. Yeah, it was,
2: it's a little overindulgent.
1: You know, uh, a little like
2: self-important. You're kind of taking away uh, focus from the match that's happening in the ring. You know, I, like, I don't mind a little banter here and there with the announcers, yeah. but, like, I, I can understand that. There's some times where it's a little heavy-handed and a little a little too much, where it's kind of well, taken like, away from the in-ring product.
1: Hmm. Well, it's like uh, Danielson and Takesha are beating the hell out of each other, and I have my, you know, announce team joking with one another. You know, it, it just felt like two different things happening. Yeah, no, I I... I totally
2: understand, especially with a serious match like that, that has, Mm. like, pay-per-view implications that you want to, you know, take it seriously and put it over as, you know, a a big-time match. So, I get it. I get it. But, I mean, listen, sports announcers, like, in football and baseball, (laughs) Uh joke around with each other all the time, too, so... It's not completely unheard of. That's why I don't hmm. mind it so much. But once in a while, it's like, OK, shut up and call the match. I get it.
1: Well, because all the matches were so long, we're actually at the end of the show. We're on our main event uh, with the Elite becoming your new trios champions after defeating Death Triangle in a ladder match. Yes. Escalera uh, de la
2: Morta. morte, Morta? I I didn't do well in high school Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my apologies. Um, so, I mean, this was an amazing match, um, you know, filled with just tons of, you know, bre- breathtaking spots. Um, these guys are just, I mean, they're made for each other. But at the same time, a seven match series is, I think, just a little too much um especially like i mean and they did a great job of you know having each match be different you know and tell a yes. different story but like it was so great to have the elite back but like i wanted to see what was next for them and they kind of feel like they've been in this like holding pattern since they made their return um You know, something that I thought was going to happen at the pay-per-view, you know, them regaining the titles, you know, got stretched out for two months, you know, and we've gotten, like I said, some fucking just crazy ass matches out of it. (laughs) But at the same time, like. It came to the point where I almost felt like I was like desensitized to like just how fantastic these matches were, if that makes any sense. Um, because we're seeing them Too much of a yes, a good thing, we're yeah. seeing it week after week. Um mm-hmm. so I'm glad that we're moving on and we can see where we're going next now with the elite. Um 'Cause like we haven't really heard them on the mic. Like I wanna see where we're going storyline wise. I mean, especially now that we have Adam Cole back. Uh we left with, you know, you know, at, you know, before they got suspended, we had, you know, the match between the Dark Order and the Elite, you know, for the trio's titles, and you know, there was the Hangman Page element in there. Like, are we going to get that reunion now, you know, with Hangman? Mm-hmm. Um and at the same time, like, if Adam Cole's is a babyface, you know, do they forgive him and bring him back into the fold? Um, you know, will we actually have the Elite, you know, whole again? Um, I mean, obviously not, because Cody's not there. But regardless, that would be the Elite operating at its most complete, if you will. Um, so I mean, there's just so many different directions they can, you know, go in now. And I was just, I don't know, like I found myself just wanting to like move past this series. I think after like week five, they kind of start to lose me a little.
1: Well, where I get disappointed is I was hoping that while all this was going on, while they're having this like big thing of seven, we were going to be continuing to build the world of trios outside of it so that we knew maybe by the end of this who's probably going to be the next big contender which where we had some moments with House of Black I don't know if there's more stuff going on Rampage the last few weeks there's been
2: uh, there's there's been trios matches on Rampage there's been trios matches on Dark and stuff like that they just haven't been having trios matches on Dynamite so so I understand like if you're not watching those programs where we definitely feel like that you know like there hasn't been enough emphasis on the trios division but those matches have been taking place You know, but highlight them a little. Um, Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, they don't mention it at all during these matches. I think they're probably headed in the direction of uh, House of Black and, you know, uh, the Elite. Um, The House of Black gave a warning to Brandon Cutler at one point on Rampage uh, during one of their beatdowns. Um, They just came out and destroyed everyone in the ring, like two different groups. Um, But then. I think, like, they were in this, like, mini-program with Kingston, but then Kingston, like, missed... I think there was some kind of, like, travel issues or something like that. Mm. So that kind of got, like, pushed back a little. So I think they need to finish up their storyline with Kingston before they can move on to, you know, the Elite. That's all speculation. Or do we pivot to Adam Cole and, you know, go back to the storyline that we started... Uh, before Cole went on the shelf. I mean, obviously, you know, he doesn't have the rest of the Undisputed error with him, uh, but you can sub in the Kingdom, who, you know, Cole has, you know, a huge history with. Uh, and, you know, that's the group he uses to go up against the Elite, um, you know, and finish that storyline, because obviously that's where they're headed, uh, you know, prior to his injury. And once again, like, I feel bad because like all these matches were just outrageously good, but like I think when you have seven in a row, it takes something away from it. Like if you would have just showed me any of these matches individually, you know, not knowing that they're a part of like a seven match series, like my jaw would be on the floor and I'd be, you know, ranting and raving about how amazing the match was. But mm-hmm. since we're seeing it like week after week, it just kind of took something away from it. You know, like I th- I think a seven, you know, match series is a little too much. Like if they do it again, somewhere down the line, like maybe do like a five match series, you know, a best out of, you know, you know, three or something like that.
1: Or just have someone win earlier than the actual. Well, seven. you I always do that straight.
2: regardless. Yes. Ah. But you do. And I think part of it was like you knew right away. That they're hmm. going to go all well, seven. Well, they gave
1: it away. <laughs> well, they gave it
2: away, though. That was like match four. But like from the beginning, when they announced seven matches, we're like, oh, it's going seven. You know, <laughs> best out of seven series, you're going seven in wrestling. So it's just a little too predictable. Um, you know, but like I said, like you could probably take any of these matches and put it at the end of the year in your like top ten match and no one, hmm. no, you know, your your top ten matches of the year and no one would probably argue whatsoever um but i don't know i'm just i'm just kind
1: of over it honestly that's crazy to say but all right that does it for this week's episode of dynamite make sure to join us next week for some more plus you can check us out on patreon and catch our talk about whatever Vince has been doing. Well, that does it for this week. As a friendly reminder, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, leave a five star review. It
2: really helps new listeners to find the podcast and for us to continue to
1: grow. Also, if you like the stories from this week's episode and want to keep up to date with the show, follow us on social media at Amazing Nerd Show or stop by TheAmazingNerdShow.com. And hey, to support the show
2: further and get additional weekly content, you can subscribe to us now on Patreon. Just
1: follow the link in the show notes. Also, if you want to rep some nerd show swag, you can head over to tpublic.com to find t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more.
2: And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd show swag as long as you live in the United States.
1: All right, make sure to join us next week as we talk all the latest news and rumors in nerd culture and whatever's going on in the world of wrestling. My name's Christian. And my name's David. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show.
3: White meat, dark meat, all will be carved. Thanksgiving.